quite serious of a smoker in my in my days. In yesteryear. From whence I came. I said I smoked in high school. <clears throat> and uh I think when I stopped was when and you know, I had to run the mile every year. Uh-huh. And then I got to the mile in like junior year. And I was just like <laughs> loogieing tar. Your lungs were like, surprise, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast. It's going to be a special impromptu episode that we're doing here. Um, and as such, I could not get my co-host's schedule to sync up with mine. So we have um, resident Rental Zone member and former guest on the Movie Blues Podcast, Josh Boyer here with us to take his place. Say hello, Josh. Oh, hold on. He's just stepping off the battlefield in Ukraine. Aloha. I'd like to take some uh, free AKs from that. <laughs> Josh, how are you today, even though we've been hanging out all day? It's been great. It's been great. People I, want to know that you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. What's it like to see the Movie Blues Podcast up live? Um, I worry person. about your financial stability with all, with all of these uh, figurines. Figurines is acceptable. It's better than saying dolls. Dolls, yeah, right. That's one step above dolls. A figurine is like, this is my my porcelain ballerina figurine. <laughs> What's the better term? It's a music box. Um, what do nerds call like expensive action figures? Collectibles? Collectibles, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean... Doesn't you're married, matter. so at least I know that there's a good chance you're not a virgin. But if you were single and I came over, I'd be worried. Yeah, you know that these are not preventing me from having a happy life. Right. <laughs> well. <laughs> that if my life was terrible. I was going to say debatable. I mean. <laughs> it's, it's for different reasons than my figurines, you're is right. what you're saying. All right, let's get it started. I, I, I didn't mean it. I, I, I didn't mean it. So, Josh, tell me about your um, connection to the great capitalist Avenger, the Batman. <laughs> what is your um, what is your take on the Batman series overall? What is your biggest connection points? Uh, well, as a pro libertarian, I gotta imagine anyone with that much money, you know, they only do good things with it. Goddamn so, right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, like most young men, I mean, you're he's a cool guy that just beats the living tar of bad people and you're like yeah respect and then you get older you're like wait i do drugs <laughs> <laughs> the the point at which you've lived long enough to become the villain yeah, right. um, in the batman mythos yeah, um right. you get to the point where you're like I, i'm pretty sure batman would kick my ass for what i did this weekend <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly <laughs> batman's just like beating me and breaking my spine for going 10 over 45 miles an hour what would you say your strongest um, connection is with with Batman? At least, what what was uh, the zenith of Batman content to reach you the hardest? Definitely the animated. I mean, right, being a child of the '90s and early 2000s. Same, 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 same. Run home, get that Elio pizza fired the fuck oh, up, dude. 
Hell yeah. Tell your mom to shut it and then fucking put on Batman. Rectangles only in those Elias. Don't speak to me for the next 23 minutes, woman, is what I would say in my dinosaur shorts. <laughs> right. That's a great authority. Um, Batman the Animated Series is is everything for me. Yeah. Um, it's the beginning and the end. It's, it is the alpha and the omega of Batman content. I don't think I've ever seen a movie or property to get Batman more correct. And at least yeah. in my mind, everything that I expect from Batman comes from that series. Yeah. Um, really don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's still incredible. Oh, um, yeah. Superman the Animated Series is a little rough around the edges. Kind of always has been. Some of the Justice League stuff, questionable. Um, obviously, what they're doing now at DC Studios, Animation Studios, is like exporting everything to Japan to, to a fucking sweatshop. And so everything looks like uh, just like Speed Racer animation for all the DC projects. Who animates the... Um... The show, it's on HBO. And it's terrible. Um, it depends. Um, it depends, because HBO has culled together, like, properties that they own Batman-wise, right. properties that other people have made. Um, I would assume they're all still pretty much outsourced um, and are not being done in-house in the way that the Batman animated series was. What I can say is the best Batman content on all of HBO Max is still Harley Quinn. I was going to say, with the... Do you fuck around with that show? I have a little, but it is. My wife disagrees with the content. Well, it is extremely disagreeable content for anybody yeah. who believes in God. It's <laughs> a, a deeply godless show. I um, mean, uh, it's depraved. Straight, straight to horny jail. Depra yeah, <laughs> straight to horny jail. Um, that's exactly the feeling that I get watching it. But it is very like boundary smashing. And oh yeah, super graphic, and I really love that show. Um, that is good Batman content. Yeah, that's better than Birds of Prey by a landslide. Birds of Prey, the DC movie, was... Yeah. Like, if I had to pick between the animated, you terrible. know, Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey, there's oh, no yeah. doubt in my mind. And I love Margot Robbie in that role. Um, but I don't think, other than James Gunn's uh, The Suicide Squad, that they've figured out how to do Harley correctly either. No. Um, so, you know... We're going to go over the old Batman movies yes. and set up a world in which uh, we just watched a three-hour reboot starring, like, an indie darling actor um, <laughs> and um, how we got there. Because what is fascinating about the Batman franchise, in the same way that Bond is, but way more, is that as it goes through the years, it's reactionary. Uh, one Batman does something to death, the next one needs to make sure not to do that and fix it. Course corrections, generationally, with Batman. Sometimes in the same series, course corrections. Um, sometimes they get real close to the button, and then sometimes you're watching Batman v Superman, you want to slit your wrists and drain all the blood out of your body and let a shark but drink your mom it. was the same name. They had the same name. When they said Martha in the movie tonight, yeah. I cringed. I was like... <laughs> I was like, please just don't even say it anymore. Yeah, right. They shouldn't have had her name even in it. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's mom. Batman, remember your mom? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Martha. I, I don't want to hear the name Martha <laughs> ever again. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, all right, so uh, let's kick it off with a little Batman retrospective. Right. Um, for that, uh, we're not going to start with the Adam West movie from the 60s. I am aware that that is the first theatrical Batman film. 
in which a shark bites Batman's asshole as he hangs from a helicopter. It's fucking... It's classic. Not worth discussing. (laughs) (laughs) You serious? So moving on to our first selection, I'm going to go with Batman 89. Um, This, you told me today you're 29. I'm 34, but... I was on the cusp of this not being fully my Batman, but for sure when I was a kid, Michael Keaton oh, was yeah. like Batman. Yeah. Um, that was that was unfuckwithable. Um, right. Now, you know, like James Bond movies, also a rating that you would give of a Batman movie might change over the years. Oh, yeah. That's something that not all movies are subject to. Like my rating for um, like Cape Fear is not like jumping three yeah, points right. in any ger- direction. Just is what it is. It's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. F- fuck you, Dan Andon. I know you're listening to this right now. That's like Apocalypse Now. It's on the extended versions on Netflix. I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch this. Which talk yeah. about like a four hour film. And I rewatched it. And I was like, yeah, this is still phenomenal. Yeah. But with these big franchise things, and then when movies come around to retroactively be like. Uh, you know, this is what was wrong with the last ones. Here's yeah. what's new about this one. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, how could you like Batman 89 when Batman Begins exists? If that makes sense. Um, yeah. In the sense that, like, there are two takes from two different generations. Yeah, like, right. Tim Burton could have never made Batman Begins in it's 1989. separated by 20 years. Yeah. So. Uh, in 1989, like, people didn't even know Batman could be taken seriously. Right. So to jump to like, he's training to be a ninja for seven years in Japan, that would have never fucking worked right. in anything other than Batman Begins. I mean, in Michael Keaton, you wouldn't be putting Michael Keaton in like a samurai outfit, you know? Right. And and it's like when that movie ended, nobody walked out of it and was like, hmm, really could have seen more about his training. Right. <laughs> that only came like 10 years down the road. Yeah. When, just like James Bond, they were like, you know what we haven't seen? This character's past. Yeah, the origin story. Um, So, like, what Casino Royale is for Bond, like, has been done, like, over and over again for Batman. Like, they keep Casino Royaling Bond. Oh, Uh, yeah. I mean, Batman. (laughs) Um, These are all just wealthy white men beating people the (laughs) the fuck up. That's the other connective tissue. The 1% just beating the shit out Uh, of everybody uh, else. I'm now realizing. But, yeah, uh, um, Josh. When abouts was the last time you watched Batman 89, and whereabouts would you rank it on a scale from 1 to 10? I actually watched it like four years ago, Mm. uh, and I previously probably would have put it at like a 9. I think now I'm closer to an 8.5. Same, dude. Unequivocally same yeah because that movie is not aged well (laughs) no 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 i mean look there are aspects of it that just do not work right Um, like i love don't get me wrong like i love the lines i think that uh you know it's so endearing as far as the characters sure it was the og true like okay the joker is a clown but he's menacing at the same time right dance with the devil in the pale moonlight so many barriers right on what batman could be and it opened the door to everything, but when you're going to sit down, you're going to put all these movies together. A vat of, vat of acid does not age well. Like, oh, I fell in a vat of acid. <laughs> there are things about it, like, yeah. um, especially with the movie that we saw today, this is the case in the Batman mythos, which is like, became the case in the Spider-Man mythos for a brief moment. I'm so glad, by the way, I'm so glad I can just talk about superhero movies with you. Yeah, right. Because I've I'm never not, seen that. I'm not really allowed to do that on this podcast, yeah. so... Uh, either we're going to have more than 15 listeners on this episode, <laughs> and then Dan's going to have to do more of this stuff with me, or we're going to have zero. Um, right. And it's going to have to admit that there's more than just like 
art house films. Sad Polish war crime movies. I want to watch more snuff films of Ukrainian families. I want to watch a Ukrainian baby cry. (laughs) I like barbed wire. Have you watched Criterion Collection recently? I've checked out on that. <laughs> and and you know what? So is Dan. Yeah, who, right. Who hasn't updated his challenge like, in months? Dan, challenge. Point. Put that back up. Dan, we all want the challenge. Josh right. wants it because he wants to do it. I want it because I just want to rim on well, you for not having. Also, done I it. pay for it, so I mean, we split it. Jesus. Endin and I split the costs. So. Endin, you're slacking, bro. And that's it. I'm Dan Lyons. Um, <laughs> so, um, Batman '89 is not aged well. I gave it an eight point four. Yeah. And I just want everybody to know that, like, yeah, there many years of my life, it was a 10. Right. I'm going to say something that isn't controversial, I don't think, because I love Prince, right? I think he's probably the greatest solo I guitarist don't. of all time. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Because the point is, I do. Right. And I hate his music in Batman. It's oh, so, horrible. It's terrible. so bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a product of its time. And I don't mean the music. I mean, the idea... The idea that you needed to have these big stars do songs for your superhero right. movie. I mean, that went all the way up through Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. So, fuck that movie soundtrack. It's really <laughs> it's bad. terrible. I mean, Danny Elfman crushes the score of that film and returns, but... Ay, ay, fucking yay. The Prince stuff, when Jack Nicholson comes dancing into the art museum yes. and starts, like, jizzing paint everywhere to Prince, wearing, like... An oversized French like beignet on his head. No, uh, no, that's when you you knew like it was 1989, right? I mean, all you needed was like some synth wave like guitar in there, and it really would have brought it home. Or just a bunch of this. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. Um. <laughs> T Pain does the Joker. Yeah, that would be good. Um. So yeah. Um. This is where things might get extra controversial, honestly. Um, Batman Returns, the, the second film. Now, we all know, historically, this movie was too dark. Uh, kids went to McDonald's and bought the toys. Right. And were like, I like Batman. I want to see Batman. And then they went and saw the movie, and Danny DeVito bites a man's nose off. That was sick. <laughs> um, that being said, I rewatched these with my wife. My wife, not, not a big Batman fan. I got to admit, she was more mad at me seeing Spider-Man uh, 3, the most recent one, without her, than this Batman one today. I think she's kind of just, like, whatever on Batman. It's because Tom Holland's sexy. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she also loves Marvel. Like, oh, okay. If you think, if if Dan Enden or anybody thinks that I love Marvel, my wife is twice the Marvel fan that I am. God bless her. <laughs> yeah. I trained her well, and she surpassed me in that regard. Um, Batman Returns kind of sucks. The thing about that is that uh, the vibe is taken up to the next level of cartoonishness. Oh, yeah. Which you may not remember the movie like that. You might remember that it was darker. Um, I would argue that it is darker in a like a violence perspective and an yeah. overall outlook because Keaton is like very hardened in returns and is not as affable as he was or manic in Batman 89. He's just kind of like a little more like Robert Pattinson from today where he's just like, Oh God, I got to take this guy seriously at all times. Like he's, he's a serious fucking guy. And it's just a movie that he is being serious in, but the rest of the tone is absolutely fucking bonkers in. And it's kind of like cringe and embarrassing levels of like fantastical 
Tim Burton nonsense. Oh, yeah. The Tim Burton signature. He cranked it up to 11. Yeah, his signature is way stronger. Like, you could show Batman 89, and people would like, you'd be like, that Tim Burton director, and they'd be like, oh, really? That's wild. But yeah, you show Batman Returns, and it's like, oh. It's like, Jesus Christ, this is a Tim Burton movie that just happens to have Batman. Right, exactly. Um, So uh, I think what's, you know, uh, worth mentioning about both of those films for me as a lifelong Batman fan is just they don't feel like Batman like they do but there's so much of the emotional weight of everything that makes Batman special that yeah. was not really in those movies and you can't fault it because they had pushed the ball further up the mountain than anybody had right. up to that point nobody thought that Batman could yeah, Adam be West serious. is uh, <laughs> right um, for that reason I have Returns at a 7.9. Wow. Okay, so I gave it a 7.7. Wow, we're really on the same wavelength so far. And the reason why was Mm -hmm. because... So, excluding the animated series, Mm -hmm. and we could go on for hours about Mark Hamill doing better work than that they ever did in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, But... Arguable, for sure. Yeah. Um, But those were my first two live-action films. Like, so, you know, as a kid... You know, when I went out with my dad and he was like, you're going to watch Batman. You know, we watched him in chronological order based on release date. Right. Huh. So as a kid, I I thought Danny DeVito was hilarious. I probably watched Matilda recently and I was like, hey, that's that short guy. Right. <laughs> Biting people's noses. Right. Um, I rewatched it probably like uh, in college, so it was like 10 years ago. But it was even then I was like, this is good. But it was still to me. Right. I think I still enjoyed the goofiness of it. I agree, though, with your statement about saying now. If you look in the lens of now, there's no way you could show someone now who's especially into Christopher Nolan. Right. be like, this is Batman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it exists in its own vacuum. Right. um, Of, like, I would argue that the bigger Tim Burton fan you are is the more mileage that you will receive from Batman. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I mean. What it did do right. And what will never be topped, sorry I'm breaking the moratorium over the movie we watched today, is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. To me... Oh, really? To me, that's just Catwoman. I just can't... Now, the setup for Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman... Are you thinking with your pants? No, well, yeah, no, um, but... Yes. Um, (laughs) Whose penis uh, is talking? No, um, first of all, her costume will always be my favorite. It's just this very like damaged, like unstable looking costume. You can tell that it was up by cats. You can tell that it was put together by an insane person, (laughs) right? Which Which almost arguably no major superhero costume can you ascribe that level of darkness to. Tim Burton held the hand of that costume designer as they went through the sewing machine. They were like, "No, no, skip that." Right. (laughs) And and you can't beat it. It's not possible to top the behind the scenes footage of Michelle Pfeiffer hitting the heads off of all of the mannequins in a row in one take with that whip. And that's actually her doing it. Um, oh, it's sick. She just crushed that role. Um, I, I do love Anne Hathaway's uh, Catwoman to an extent. You, uh... um, her design, I find questionably a little weird, but um, she wasn't my favorite. She was fine. <laughs> yeah, she was fine. I think maybe Zoe Kravitz was a little better than Anne Hathaway. I mean, 100% bias based on looks. So, you know. You're saying Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I find Anne Hathaway to be a, a, a nice young woman. <laughs> that Anne Hathaway's got some good gums. Um, <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say you liked her skin tone, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> she's got some white skin. <laughs> like, like that porcelain, baby. 
No, I'm a huge Lenny Kravitz fan though, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you here. Um, his, his genetics can do no wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, next up on the list, oh, um, this is when shit hit, truly hit the fan. Oh now. yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things about Batman Forever. Um, Nips. For some reason, when I was a kid, I didn't want to see it. I I don't know why. I felt weird about it. Because I grew up with Michael Keaton and the whole, like, I remember seeing trailers for it and being like, something, something's not, something's off here. Anti-George? What do you mean? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, right. Backwards, backwards, backwards. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer, I wasn't convinced of walking in. Um, and I remember in the first five minutes of watching Batman Forever thinking I'm very dizzy. And this is when I was a kid. That's bad. And I was like, I am going to throw up watching this movie. <laughs> um, and that's just like, clearly the direction is so bombastic in. Did you watch I Am Val? Yes. Heartbreaking. Yeah, dude. But that's, so it's funny you say dizzying, right? Because they, he even references a lot of those camera angles were because he couldn't move. Yeah. So they had to make it look dynamic. Well, I just watched a three hour movie with a guy just kind of standing still. <laughs> kind of just lurking in stillness um so it's not impossible to do it's true um what batman forever did right is that it is the first batman property to handle bruce wayne correctly i also would argue that it is the quintessential in my mind portrayal of bruce wayne's pathos yes um even above nolan's movies which is fucking insane to say but th <laughs> that's uh... it's insane to say i know that but like there is something about the way that Val Kilmer approached being Bruce Wayne that, in my mind, checked all the boxes. Um, I would agree with that. When Christian Bale acts like Bruce Wayne, he really goes out on a limb to be like a doofus. Yeah, right. Well, and a douchebag. Which right? I understand the point of. Right. I understand why he would have to do that. But Val Kilmer kind of held it in the middle. Mm -hmm. He was like almost James Bondian a little bit. Yeah. It's very smooth. Very suave, enough to attract women. Yeah. Didn't have to jump into a fountain. Oh, to, man, I to, forgot about that. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. to prove that he was a Playboy billionaire. Right. All he did was, like, he went to social parties. He went to functions. Right. He went to the circus. He did what, like, a classy 90s entrepreneur, kind of like like George Clooney as a person. Yeah, right. When Elon Musk, like, thinks of himself, he thinks of Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, so I think that they really nailed that. And apparently there's um, so many scenes that they cut about Bruce Wayne's pathos. Um, but yeah, from watching I Am Val, he just confirms that. He was yeah. like, I want to do what the first two movies didn't do and right. explore why Bruce Wayne is haunted and yeah. what drives him. Yeah. And I f always felt a very strong connection to that portrayal of Batman. Um, the rest of the movie is terrible. Uh, yeah, agreed. Tommy I... Lee Jones. Oh, man, that's so... Worst choices you could ever make as an actor. That man is making hand over fist in oh, that movie. I love Tommy Lee Jones, but yeah, he... <laughs> well, he yeah, I mean, look, so it's so... You bring, what, what first? What's your number? For Batman Forever, 6.75. Dude, yeah, I'm 5.5. Mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> so the only... So, okay, here you go. So I... That's can, rough. I give it 5.5 for the reason of Val Kilmer. Like, right. I adore Val Kilmer. Right. I will say... I think he looks good in the suit. Yeah. I like well, his okay. Batman voice. The suit. Dude, and that's the thing. It's got nipples. Yeah, right. Until it, it Batman is what it is. Beyond, you see the suit progressively get worse, right? And then you finally see... It. Or Batman Begins, I said Beyond. I right. mean, Beyond the suit's sick, but it's animated. Right. Um, 
And yeah, but so I love Val Kilmer. I think I am Val skewed my perspective actually to the worst end, right? So I probably I haven't seen this since I was a kid, right? So you haven't seen forever since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for me as a kid, I'm probably like this is great, you know, right? But then you watch I am Val and you get angrier because you're like he has so much potential. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's tragic. It is tragic. Like not only his career in so many yeah. ways, but his his shot at Batman was was tragic because yeah. if somehow they had a director who wasn't like a flamboyant circus level insane gay man uh, directing the movie, it would have been a little more tempered. I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is like just, and I I only say gay again, not as a slight, but because it, these movies that he directed are as flamboyant. Like classic '90s gayness, oh yeah, yeah, flamboyancy yeah. to a degree that is uncomfortable. I mean, <laughs> unconfirmed at the time, but I... <laughs> what? What? The Joel Schumacher was yeah, yeah, was yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I was in the room, <laughs> they're like, "Is Joel gay?" I would be like, "Stop the bus and stop the damn bus." Um, Batman and Robin. This is when the wheels flew off the bus. Oh yeah. Uh, this is what destroyed the Batman franchise single-handedly. You mean gorillas wearing boas aren't your thing? <sighs> the thing is, Josh, they show up to the museum, right? It's the Museum of Natural History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know who Mr. Freeze is. They've never met him, right? Ice to meet you. They've never met him. That's why he says, ice to meet you. Yeah. And they go inside the museum. They see that everything has been shot with a freezing gun. <laughs> it's covered in ice. And without thinking, Batman sits down and he's like, oh, well, clearly, they, we've prepared for this situation. And presses a button and ice skates pop out of the bottom of his shoes. And again, without being prepared for this situation, you would never assume that inside of the Museum of Natural History would be an ice skating rink to do battle on. Um, that's Batman. That is That sums up Batman and Robin for me. It's ba like backwards <laughs> disaster writing. To the highest degree. Well, it's, I feel like it's a nonsense movie. Generationally, right? Batman pivots. Right. And I feel like somebody was like, we got to make something. It's like Adam West. So. Clearly. Right. And now I will. Okay. So I'm going to say this. Once again, as a young boy, you're watching these chronologically. Mm -hmm. And you get to Ivy. And as you can imagine, I'm going through certain parts of my life. Phases. I found her so unattractive. Oh, and... dude, I was horny. Really? <laughs> Man. And I've been I've been horny for when she took so off many the, times. When she took off the gorilla costume or whatever it was, I was like, that is a monkey that I could get with. You know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Wrap um, me in vines, baby. Um, no, Josh. Ten-year-old Josh was down to clown. I will tell you who I was down to clown with in that movie, and that's Alicia Silverstone's bottom in the Batgirl costume. <laughs> oh, dude, that was... She was hot in that movie. That was a peak Alicia Silverstone. I mean, that was pure rubber, but, you know, shaped rubber. The rubber was doing most of the shaping, but the filling yeah. is what I was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Crack I, that shell open. I do, I do appreciate... Both Batman Forever and Batman and Robin for successfully, in my opinion, doing Robin and Batgirl. Some people would really disagree with that, but... No, no I agree. Chris O'Donnell's whole deal, when he's, like, doing fucking uh, the black girl from Lost World gymnastics inside of Wayne Manor, um, and um, sh he, he's got the vibe of just, like, trying to figure out Bruce Wayne, trying to crack the secret and be a part of it, and, like 
get his own vengeance along the way. Right. That's a well-done story. Yeah. He's a well-drawn character. Alicia Silverstone, much less degree, but very hot. She's a woman. She was... She does bat things. Much more geared towards me. Yeah, right. She was like, my Uncle Alfred? Was it her grandpappy Alfred? Uh, who, Alfred, yeah, grandfather, has, like, yeah. He has, like, AIDS in it? Is oh, the plot of that. Batman and AIDS? Robin? Yeah, he has, no. like... Yeah, he has AIDS. It's, like, called, like... Not Crohn's disease, but it's called, just crap I think it was pants. called Graves disease or something. Um, and the whole movie's plot is about how uh, both Alfred and Mr. Freeze's wife, wife yeah, Nora, yeah, yeah. are suffering from the same Oh, AIDS. yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and she's frozen because he's trying to save her. Yes. Mr. Freeze. She's, yeah, she's has full-blown AIDS and is about to die from AIDS. it. Whereas Alfred just switched from HIV to AIDS. And is like rapidly dying, but is still in a state where he doesn't need to be cryogenically frozen. Anyway, not the best movie. No, um, no. It's unfortunately the final film for the guy who played Alfred, who died maybe very soon after. Your um, number? My number for Batman and Robin is a. F- I have it as a five out of ten, but using my logic from this podcast, here's the thing: the logic of the podcast is when you give something a five out of ten, that means fifty percent of it worked. That is not right. the case here. No. But I have a nostalgic relationship with this film. Um, and I have a nostalgic relationship with every Batman movie ever yeah. made. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to go with, yeah, between a four and a five out of ten. So I have two reviews. The oh, first, boy. The first review says four. Second review says Ivy, 6.5. <laughs> nice, dude. Four! Um. <laughs> You love Ivy. Man, I, I'm telling you, it was the costume. For that me. is wild. Show me some skin. All right, now moving on to uh, before the Nolan verse began, um, there were two animated movies that we we're going to discuss. The first of which is Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which I have sitting right over there. Yeah, right. Where is it? I saw it? Right it's, there, yeah. Where is it? Up top. Oh, that's the Phantasm action figure that I have. Right. But also, I think uh, somewhere around Batman Beyond over there, there oh, should yeah, be behind the DVD. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. A couple things about Mask of the Phantasm. I saw it in theaters uh, with my grandfather. What a flex. Very, very young when I saw it. 1999? Um, I had watched every single episode of Batman the Animated Series. They announced there was a movie. I shit myself. <laughs> it, like, died at the knowledge that there would be a movie. Um, went and saw it. To this day, my favorite Batman film still. Wow. I think it is utter perfection. Uh, the connection to Bruce Wayne. The origin of the Joker. The relationship with Andrea Beaumont, the fact that they came out and created an original villain that was well-designed, intimidating, had no comics origin whatsoever, and included a great twist about its identity, is very smart writing, arguably smarter than a lot of the Batman movies I've seen um, today and beyond. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, you mean today? (laughs) um, uh, (laughs) And... um, I, I'm going to give um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm a 9.75. Okay. I think it is about as close to perfection as a Batman movie could ever be. I remember sitting in the theater and the first rendered CGI image of Gotham City ever mm-hmm. um, Skyline. was was shown during the opening credits. Yeah. The, the music um, by Andrea Romano, who scored all of Batman the Animated Series, is phenomenal in Mask of the Phantasm. The credit sequence I mean, both is... both Beyond and Phantasm are phenomenal, the yeah. scores. Um, I just can't ask for more than that movie. It's adult, <sighs> it's mature, it's personal to Bruce Wayne. It shows a moment where Bruce Wayne 
could have lost everything and stopped being Batman and and just fallen in love and retired, kind of like what James Bond keeps trying to do and never does right. But like the idea of giving up the mantle um, to live happily is very deeply explored in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, among many things that have never been done since or before in a Batman story. Um, just phenomenal. And Mark Hamill's Joker, that is his oh my best performance as the Joker is in that movie. Um, when he is fighting Batman on a miniature set of the city at the end of that movie. Yeah. And Batman is like, um, the Joker is like, you're going to kill both of us. And Batman's like, good. It's just, <laughs> and then the, when the Joker's tooth gets knocked out and he just laughs, like Mark Hamill's Joker laugh. Is I mean, it's the best one the by best far. best one. Yeah. Uh, to the human ear, it's just so devious and incredible. And it's what everyone moving forward imitated, right? right. So yeah, Heath a Ledger, lot. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, uh, whatever the kid's name was in Gotham. I mean, they all trying Please to. Please do not mention that to me again. Okay. That series is cursed. It is cursed. I hate it. It is very cursed. I hated every single episode of that yeah, show. Yeah, very bad. Um, have you seen who the Joker is now on TV? No. Is it still on? There's a sh- no, there's a show called Batwoman on now. Oh, no. It's uh, all like WB? Uh, yeah, this is like oh, CW gosh. shit. Oh, um, no. And uh, it's a guy who's no makeup or anything. It's just a black dude. Um, and he's the first black Joker. Um, Does his... that do more or worse for equality? Dude, I mean, if his performance wasn't master levels of cringe I'm Ooh. sure it would do way better for the society yeah but if they're able, like this is a black guy no makeup <laughs> this is how he uh, acts <laughs> they're like this wouldn't show on camera very yeah, well right. so we're Woo! just gonna skip it yeah. um, no it's garbage you should oh, yeah. after this um, you know in your YouTubings later look up um, Batwoman's Joker that's out right now oh, okay. it's causing waves amongst the like triggered incel comic book fans that can't accept anyone but white people but also What's funny about that paradigm... The original to, character was Norwegian. I don't care what color any character is in any fucking movie that I watch. That I don't care about. It just so happens that when they do it, they put it in a trash movie or TV show. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. If, like, Michael B. Jordan came out in this very serious, well-directed, well-written Superman movie, I'd be like, fuck yeah, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. If Idris Elba was in a better-directed and written James Bond movie than any of the Daniel Craig movies, I'd be like, absolutely, hell yeah. Ten years ago, yes. Ten years ago, of course. But um, this is a case where it's just like, just don't. You're making it worse. Please don't. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, what what are your thoughts on that one? So, I gave it a nine, and it goes perfect, and... So we'll go to it later. So I agree. I guess the thing is, like, what is there to complain about with Batman? No, there the isn't. Phantasm. And that's the thing. So the only reason why, and this is what we're going to, I gave Beyond a higher score. Sure. And it's purely based on nostalgia for me. And I have watched both. I watched both four years ago, three years ago. It's one of those things where, you know, it'll pop up on streaming services and you're like, oh, hell yeah. You know, right? right. And But I completely agree. It whole, I mean, it's staggering how well it holds up. You kind of watch it thinking you're going to, watch the rose-colored glasses and nostalgia and be like, oh, oh no. I'm a kid again. And then yeah, you watch no. it and you're like, no, this is... It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And thank God they've never tried to do the Phantasm again. Yeah. Like, they were just like, oh, God. They're like, how are you going to do that better? Whereas, like, the Joker, <clears throat> they're always willing to reinvent that character no yeah. matter what the cost. And um, uh, they should be more precious with that because then you end up with things like Jared Leto oh, saying he'd give Batman a reach around. Um, and... We don't want that. I mean, no who one wants with that. Christian Bale? I don't know who wants that. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, great movie. 
if you're listening to this podcast and you love Batman at any level, you owe it to yourself to watch Mask of the Fantastic. Agreed. Phenomenal. Um, and beyond. Of course, there were some ones like right after that, they did direct a video sub zero. We're not going to yeah, talk about no. that, even though that is very enjoyable. Um, those are nostalgia ones. Those are like nostalgia. I wouldn't recommend yeah. anyone watch that. But what I would recommend is um, the second finest Batman animated movie ever made, and that is Batman Beyond uh, Return of the Joker. Yeah. What even can you say about how good that one is? I mean, that for me, so <clears throat> I'm going to, like I said, I rated it higher. However, your arguments are fair, and I could definitely see it, like, on a critical level, saying the original, the Phantasm, is better. But for me... You're going to rate this higher than I'm gonna the Phantasm. I'm going to rate this higher, but here's why. So oh, my it, God. When I was a kid, and I stand by this because I rewatched it recently. Oh, my God! Oh, dear, oh my I don't God. know if I'm ready for this take. It was... It was the level of plot. It was the first, like, pre-Christopher Nolan plot twist timeline stuff where I was like, whoa, you know, like right. as a child. When you're like, wait, it's the Joker's in him, you know, right? Spoiler alert. Um, you know, but it's stuff like that that blew my mind. Like, you know, because when you're a kid, it's it's there's garbage plot lines. It's like, here's a bad guy. He's most likely a different skin color than you. Right. And, you know, right, we have to defeat him. <laughs> They're like, the Joker's bad, so we'll make him even whiter. Right. <laughs> um, let me say what's so important about yeah. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. So, Batman the Animated Series went on for a long time. At some point, they decided to sell the animation over to a cheaper company. Yes. That created the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Um, arguably still a fantastic show. Paul Dini is still the writer of most of these things. It is still fantastic Batman stories. They got rid of the title cards at the beginning of episodes, which is one of the worst things you could have ever conceived to do. And the bottom line uh, about that is that the animation got cheaper. Storytelling Agreed. got a little bit worse. Um, some of the character redesigns I loved, though, like Scarecrow, incredible. Um, but the thing is, that show tapered off. Yeah. And, and Superman the series tapered off. And then it went into um, Batman Beyond. And so in the first episode of Batman and Beyond, Batman Beyond, you get a little bit of background about Bruce Wayne becoming older. Right. And his mission becoming a failure. Mission failed. We'll get him next time. And what it comes to there is that you see an older and battled Batman retire. Um, what Batman Beyond Return of the Joker does is like 20 episodes into Batman Beyond making a movie where they're like, here's what really happened to Batman back when he was the age of the show that was on. Um, you get to watch his operation with Batgirl and Robin crumble into ashes yeah. in a rated R fashion, um, which arguably when they switched to the new animation style, they got a little bit more lightweight with their storytelling. Um, and this was like the darkest thing they'd ever done. And there's a 15-minute or so flashback within Batman Beyond Return of the Joker where they end the original Batman the Animated Series and they show you all the horrific things that happened. Right. Um, one of the most stirring segments of any say, Batman it's content shocking. ever. Yeah. Um, worth watching, even if you don't know what Batman Beyond is, you'll be able to figure it out pretty quickly, and it's worth seeing just to see, like, the Joker attack a Blade Runner future and mm -hmm. um, a flashback that is so harrowing. Um, just a great movie. I give it a 9 out of 10. So okay. 0.75 less than um, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, your and critical review is fair. Like I, yeah. like I said, I think I'm coming... I cannot put my bias aside at a certain level. 
I would also say, I don't, I've probably said it on the zone a million times, calling all of you weebs, but <laughs> I'm not a big animated guy in general. Like rewatching, like my wife and I watched Encanto the other night, and I was like, eh, this is not me right you know right well if you but, listen to the podcast at any level in, in our discussions of that i also cannot watch children's movies right i, I can't stand them especially well, modern day children's exactly movies. but this movie except for moana that's about the, the oh most yeah moana's recent. ratatouille is my jam man dude moana is a work of art i mean it's beautiful i hate i just i well, i watch these new pop kids movies and i it literally is just trash to me it is in well, yeah, one you're year. a target audience you're a 34 year old man I, with I, a beard yeah but i didn't even like like inside out i thought it was fine i wasn't like going yeah. crazy for it i just don't like kids movies it, yeah, i mean guys that look like you and me like yeah. if we're alone in the public park someone might call the police yeah so but, like, that, but then there's a target audience there's guys like you and me that like watch brony shit so like it, that's true yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There not is that a, i do that but. there is a <laughs> There is a range. What's the furry thing that uh you know that's uh, all the furry community? They're all is that bronies? That's They're the all bronies. Based? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the bronies. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that. It's no. truly disgusting behavior. If you're a brony and you're listening to this, delete. <laughs> get delete off the zone. this podcast. Get out of the rental zone. Andre's for sure a brony. I don't draw the line anywhere in life. I try not to. I, I wouldn't even do it on furries, but bronies. We're done. If Where you're you at? If you're a grown man sexually attracted to a unicorn, fuck off. Is, I mean, is really what I'm getting at. That guy we saw making out the Ukrainian girl today. I mean, she could be. That was fucked up. Yeah. Mission failed. We'll go next time. Uh, we saw a guy like, like a grandfather making out with a granddaughter today that he <gasps> owned through that the black owned. market no. at, at the movie theater while whilst seeing the Batman. Um, all right, let's get on to the serious meat and potatoes here, and that is um, the Nolan trilogy. Yes. And I have some controversial opinions about the Nolan uh -oh. trilogy. Uh, not controversial, but I feel like there's two lanes that people take. Yeah. Lane one, Batman Begins, pretty good. Yeah. Dark Knight, best movie ever made. Dark Knight Rises, not good. That's one lane. Right. I would consider myself in the second major lane, All which right. is... Spew it at me. Batman Begins is the most accurate Batman movie ever made. Agreed. I would agree. Absolutely. You didn't. You can't do it better. Ra's al Ghul. I mean, if you're you, gonna actually go with the story of Batman, yes. Even negligible of Ra's al Ghul. Oh yeah, you think so? Forget it. Just make Ra's al Ghul like a ninja master and call him Ninja Master. Okay. It doesn't matter. Ra's doesn't matter to me. It was cool to see him in a movie. I right. didn't like that he was white. Um, yeah, I mean, because Ra's al Ghul like is should be very ancient. Yeah, but killing creature. an Asian terrorist who does a gas bomb is uh, the Ken, doesn't go over too, the too Ken, well. The Ken Watanabe fake out in Batman Begins is cringe to this day. Yeah, where it's like he's a, not a me, <laughs> he is a white man standing behind me. Like at that point, Ken Watanabe like just could not speak English well enough to be in any movie. No, you must. What is he? He's going on about like you must allow a Gotham to die. It's just too much. Anyway, um. Batman Begins is the most accurate Batman movie. It's the most accurate portrayal of Batman uh, in what he does to the criminals that he um, the terrifies, part. that he um, is a creature of fear and intimidation, that he's a bruiser, that he is a playboy philanthropist ninja billionaire. It ticks off more correct boxes yeah. than any other Batman film for me personally. I think that uh, your statement, like, and we'll get into the, the movie watch today, but... The anxiety he wrestled with in that movie was more accurate than anything else you saw in that other Batman movie. Like, this man still wrestles. The whole point of him being Batman was his parents were murdered, and he has, you know, issues with that, right? 
what is special about Batman Begins is that it's a movie of cause and effect. Right. That you can clearly see from the first scene where he falls in the hole that everything that happens to him is a either a learning experience right. or becomes co-opted into his persona. Yeah. Um, and that is what you need from watching a Batman become Batman, in right. my opinion. You need to see direct cause and effect. Him ra- wrestling with, should I kill? Him wrestling with, should I use a gun as Bruce Wayne? Um, his conversation with Carmine Falcone, mm. Tom Wilkinson. Oh, well, yeah, they're in the booth. Oh, uh, incredible. Yeah. Where, where he's like, you don't know desperate. Yeah. You come down here with your money and your big dumb coat and your stupid face and you think you can tell us what desperate is. That shit is fucking great. And, yeah. And Christopher Nolan decided to channel like a little bit of Blade Runner, a little bit of Michael Mann. That palette yeah. is appropriate for Batman. Oh, um, agreed. The movie that we saw today did a different channel of different cinema. Um, Joker yeah. does a very specific channel of different oh my gosh. cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I just think that Christopher Nolan had the right idea and that what he took from year one uh, and what he absorbed from early Batman comics and David S. Goyer, which I don't know how that man wrote that movie considering what he's made, bad and good. He's like the best, worst writer I was going to say, time. mostly bad. The dude wrote Batman versus Superman and Batman Begins. It's pretty wild. Can you imagine writing for Christopher Nolan then you're just like Zach? And Zach's like, have you ever worn an Ed Hardy t-shirt? I'd be like, I mean, <laughs> the thing about David Goyer is like, Again, like he wrote Blade, but he also wrote and directed Blade Trinity. I was gonna say, I was like, you're leaving out the dude the is lion's on share of blades. The dude <laughs> is on both sides of many different coins, um, shit pennies, if you will. Um, and um, I just think everything coalesced into perfection with Begins. I think that Begins has my favorite soundtrack of of any Batman film. Hans Zimmer is not just wowing his way through the entire movie. <laughs> that's Christopher Nolan's direction, but yeah. Um, no, that's, yeah, maybe. I mean, but Hans Zimmer does a lot of wowing yeah, in his day. That's um, true. And I think uh, it's a very emotional score. It's a very emotional movie. My only downsides for that film are Scarecrow is just like goofy. To, Chillian Murphy? To a degree I don't appreciate. I like Chillian He's Murphy, like, man. Mm, it's the Batman. <laughs> He's here, everyone. Um, I don't... His I, evil plot was to make everyone scared. When he scares everyone, <laughs> and then Katie Holmes tases him, and that's how, right, he, right. that's how he disappears out of the movie, that is one of the dumbest fucking parts of he any Batman He just pissed movie. himself, that would make it even better. Uh, um, so your score there are missteps in Batman Begins but it is my favorite of the Nolan trilogy okay so score 9.75 wow which is the same score as wow. Mask of the Phantasm yeah I, I'm are blown two away nearly perfect Batman movies so I would agree also wait my favorite Batman suit on screen is the Begins Batsuit without a shadow of a doubt it took the begins and the begins Joker suit. is only slightly different, though, right? Joker? Dark Knight, no, very different. Yeah, very different. Dark Knight. How they the both of the, like that plate armor. Dark Knight and Rises both have plate armor. Oh, okay. Begins is that one there? It's solid rubber. Oh right. And he had a very thematic cape, and he had a very thematic cowl, and they cape. 
they shot him. I've lost it. It's that's like one of my oldest toys. <laughs> toys. Um, dolls um they japanese sex dolls they turned it into a much more functional militaristic uniform in the second two and i did not appreciate that because go back and watch any on-screen scene of batman you watch the interrogation scene from dark knight and he looks so motherfucking stupid under fluorescent lighting and then you look at any frame of him in begins and he is shrouded in darkness crouching like a cool dude in fact crouching like a cool dude to prove this Go and watch The Dark Knight, and in the first scene where Batman is in the safe with Gordon, he's still in his Begins outfit, which he has for the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. yeah. And I would argue he looks most fantastic in those scenes than in anywhere else in the rest of the movie. Once he gets the glowing eyes in the military outfit, he looks so fucking dumb. I I just can't. (laughs) Okay, glowing eyes. First of all, once again, as libertarian, I'm like, oh, man, that's uh, the Patriot Act. Spying on everyone. (laughs) Spying on everybody. He's avoiding the Patriot Act. So I would agree as far as the origin story. And I think this is where it gets difficult because I don't have. Like, I think it's a great origin story. I don't think it's the best story plot, per se, that that trilogy has but where are the other drugs going scarecrow's been poisoning the water all that stuff is really dumb i do i just we holds the guy over the falafel cart swear to me (laughs) that guy where are the other drugs going i feel bad if you ever see that guy he's like an extra in most movies and he's also fat slob also guy yeah he's always the fat slob that 10 out of 10 times um (laughs) also he's like He's like, you got falafels? And the guy's like, he's like, come on, man, my kids need to eat. He's like, what, they don't like falafel? Great scene. Great scene. Um, A true capitalist. I'll put it to you this way. I've never felt more elation than I've felt watching Christian Bale do that scene. That's really where you see him as Batman the Intimidator for the first (gasps) time. Um, And I will argue and die on the hill that his Batman voice is utter perfection and begins. And only in Dark Knight and Rises does he lose track of the thread. Where is she? By number three, it is not a good situation. And two has some really, really bad voice stuff. When when Joker's like dangling upside down at the end, oh, okay, and Batman's yeah. like, "You need to show so actually the people in this city that they don't need to bow down to a criminal and a thug." So I literally was gonna reference that. So my my review, my I got a nine for begins. <laughs> Right. And I'll jump in. Good ne- score. Good score. Nine I have 9.25 for the uh for Dark Knight. And that's okay. And here and right. So, and the only reason why, the only reason is because I feel the plot, the plot itself is stronger. Of However, course, of course it is. Christopher yeah, Nolan totally agree on that. got way too cocky. Like if you look at that movie and then every movie Christopher Nolan made after that, it's just a downward spiral. Let's not go into that because yeah. I have liked a couple of those. Dunkirk was terrible. Dunkirk was ass. I'm, I'm one of the few people on earth who really enjoyed Tenet. Oh I'm gosh. not gonna let anybody tell me. Otherwise. But anyway, but so, but I mean, and I will say, look, this is dangerous to say. Yeah. I mean, well, look, we're like what, 15 years out? Right. If look, Heath Ledger died, right? If he hadn't died, I think most people would have been a little more critical of his role. Like, I think he was a great Joker. Don't really? Get me. <laughs> that I do not agree with. You think he was a perfect Joker? I, I think absolutely he was. And then it just gave extra clout to it on top of it. it I think he was a great Joker. 
I think he was a great Joker. There's there's no better on screen. On screen, Joker. okay, fine, fine, fine. If we're gonna agree no on that, better. when I once again, because I'm mentally comparing to the Mark Hamill sure. I grew up with. Me too. Right. He's got the best voice for it and but, the best yeah. laugh. But but also yeah. they made Mark Hamill do really stupid shit in that show, and every once in a while he was not like cool. No, he was like dumb, like a dumb clown. But character. it was a children's show too, so yes. of course he squirt water out of his lapel. Um, the choices and the risks and what Christopher Nolan allowed Heath Ledger to do. I will never get over. I mean, I can't tell you how many thousands of times I just Google, uh, just YouTube, just his deliveries from... There isn't enough dialogue, honestly. I mean, I, I know every single fucking word of it. And, yeah. And I I drink up that performance. To me... Where he lights the money on fire? I mean, that's, you know... To me, that's the best performance in any Batman movie. In any Batman? Okay, wow, okay. I mean, I look, I... can't think of a better one. I think I agree with you if we're looking at Batman movies. Absolutely. Right. I mean, 100%. yeah, 100%. I mean, me. as much as I like Michael Keaton and, you know. No, uh, Michael Keaton gets so fucking stupid. <laughs> dude, by rises when he's like, he's like, Master Wayne, uh, I'd see you in a Chinese restaurant in Florence and you'd see me and I'd have the, the egg foo young and you'd have the mugu guy pan and you'd see me and I'd know you were safe. That whole thing, dude, oh, is so dumb. So dumb and that's terrible. schlocky. And I hate the scene in three where he's like, Master Wayne, that's it. Enough's enough. I give up. And it's just like, what? The and he doesn't even you're give not, up. You're he not just, good. <laughs> he just kind of walks away. He's like, oh, eh. man. He's like, yes, I'll be in our vacation home that you paid for, right. Master Wayne. <laughs> you let me know when it's time to come back. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Man's um, got so much PTO saved up. Obviously, we're kind of into Dark Knight territory now. Right. I, ha I have Dark Knight at a 9 out of 10. Okay. But I've got some pretty huge problems with that movie. Okay, go. I, and Shoot. I've had them since the first time I watched them. I do not. I swear that this hasn't been like years of like figuring okay. it out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the problems are the third act is terribly overlong. And oh, agreed. Agreed. Okay, I'll agree with that. I would have ended the Dark Knight with the image of Harvey Dent waking up in the hospital. Ooh, I agree. That would have been the greatest twist. Yeah, his whole thing at the end, like, I don't think it was It doesn't bad, make sense. But yeah, no, it's it like, doesn't even make sense. It's filler. It's filler. All you would need to they do... They were like, we need a two and a half hour film. Batman's like, I'll take the blame for literally everybody who got murdered. Right. And that is so fucking stupid, and I don't think that's what Batman would do. And on top of that, it, it, they could have been like, yep, Two-Face did this. Right. Like, I, like uh, okay, I understand that, like, in doing that... No, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Not Two-Face did this. Joker did this. Right. Two-Face, they did not want to frame for any murders. They thought that in... Right. um Because Harvey in, Dent was a symbol of the right. city. So blame the psychopathic clown <laughs> right. who was having two boats full of people decide which one would blow up. Right. It's not mm -hmm. a stretch to say four more people died. Right. Instead, Batman's like, I'll ruin myself. And, and like, dude, all Live it begins. Long to become the villain. That line is so. It's so dumb, though. Because it's every frat bro's quote. He's like lifting in the gym and he's like, bro, <laughs> either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. So stupid, dude. He's like physically punching and a then woman. In well, the third one, they just like pretend that never happened. They're like, they're very skittish about it. Okay, so Dark Knight Rises. We're moving right into that. We're just moving, or you well, still have no, more I mean, complaints? My, look, my issue is the third act is too right. long. Um, Gotham City does not look like Gotham City. And it's this Pittsburgh. is going to be important as we get into the Batman, which Ooh, is that yeah. Gotham City, in my mind, from being trained on the animated series and the comics, looks like Batman Begins, needs to be a character. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like. I would love it to look like Batman Begins. I think that they truly nailed it. Oh my gosh. Great. And then you get to Dark Knight and it's just like, this is Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Right. And it's like. But it's filmed in Pittsburgh. (laughs) This doesn't look like a gothic nightmare. This just looks like a city. Um, Right. Agreed. And that doesn't really get much better in the third one either. No. Um, Even worse, I would argue. Yeah. It gets even more. It's more like this is New York. Like. Mm hmm. Bridges? Um, so that, that that has always been a problem for me. Um, and, uh, you know, that's enough to bring it down to a nine. It's not a perfect movie. It does include yeah. a perfect performance for me. And beyond that, my biggest issue is that Bale's voice got out of control in that movie. Oh, at the end. I, so it's funny you said, because I was going to say at the end, he literally sounds out of breath. Like he yeah, can't speak. It's no good. Like they were moving set to set. They're like, cut. All right, get your ass on top of that building. We got to film this scene. It just felt like... I hated it because I loved the voice in Begins and it was very mm-hmm. purposeful. Right. And, and when he would talk to Katie Holmes, he would be like, he'd be like, we rattled their cages. Now let's rattle some more. But in Dark Knight, he's constantly exasperating himself. And I just like that in the line, I don't wear hockey pads. I don't really appreciate <laughs> dude. That one is like, that's that, the opening and, scene. Yeah. And like, it's just, yeah. And there's some weird editing choices. Like always Christopher Nolan's movies are edited like oh my by an alien trying to <laughs> estimate what the flow of information works like in a movie. Oh my gosh. I cannot um, stand it. And the editing is not great in that movie and, and more points off for that. Um, all right. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, my long and short of this one is that it is much maligned. I don't agree with any of its malignment. It, it, felt much more like begins than dark Knight to me. And it picked up on all of the plot threads and character development that begins set up that dark Knight ignored for a very complicated Christopher Nolan ish plot. And I think people were not ready to go back to this being more similar and close to Batman. Um, I think that dark Knight rises is, is more of an accurate Batman portrayal and story, especially his stuff with Catwoman. It's very on brand for their relationship. Um, the way that he shot is a little more tasteful this time around than uh, in Dark Knight, which had way too much harsh lighting on him. And um, I liked his arc and I liked them capping off the series in a way that I found very satisfying. The nuclear bomb? And Tom Hardy. Yeah, that plot line is, yeah, arguably. But like, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, buddy. Look at kind of what they were doing there and think about the movie that we watched today, like in terms of like doing that Chinatown weird, like yeah. we're setting up some weird technology that's going to flood the city type nonsense. Um, that's like the same idea as that bomb. The bomb. Oh, thing, it's identical. Almost identical. Yeah. Which is weird now that I think about it. But the yeah, bomb right. thing was pretty stupid. Um, other than that, though, I like Ra's al Ghul's daughter coming back. I thought that that was good because Talia good al Ghul twist. is a great character. Even though I think I knew that twist was happening like before I even walked into the theater. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you saw her and you were like, she's lying. <laughs> I like that they were like, we're going to go back to the League of Shadows. It, it felt very complete when it didn't okay. need to. Um, who knows what the movie would have been if Heath Ledger was still alive and was right. involved in any way. But as it stands, I thought it was great. And it did a later era Batman story. It made it so that Nolan could tell as many different shades of Batman in the, in the series as possible. And part of that mythos is the broken bat, a Batman who is either old and crippled, a right. Batman who like in Batman beyond needs a cane to walk around, even though it disappears you almost instantly. In darkness. I was born in it. I was born in it. Um, <laughs> Everyone does their shitty Bane voice. <laughs> I love it. And that's iconic, man. Yeah, it is. Um, 
All right. Uh, uh, I don't have much to say about it. I love that movie. I think it gets a really bum rap, and I would give it an 8.75. So I agree. I think people, it wasn't Joker 2, right? Mm -hmm. So people were bummed. Uh, I, so. It's like an alien aliens situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where begins is kind of like alien. Right. It's artsy. It's dark. It's right. reinventive. It's smart. Two is like action right. and plot trappings and explosions and doubling down and Robots. and the stakes are higher and yada yada yada. Um, the third is like Godfather Part Three kind. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Godfather Which, Part Three is trash. I like that movie. But I'm a fan of. Uh, uh, I so I agree. Uh, and ironic, I was in college when it came out, right. and I was getting into lifting at the time. So when you saw Tom Hardy with like traps of Massive like a gains, I was just eating food right. like a horse and lifting. Like, <laughs> Gonna be like Tom Hardy. <laughs> like I literally, I'm not kidding you. This is how douchey it was. I had a poster above my bed, and I would look at it before I went to the gym and would say, "This is for you, Tom." Uh, so, you know, uh, if you ever wonder how many brain cells I have, the answer is not many. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we just get straight? You would be for the gym. Before the gym, like all gym clothes, ready to go. I would point as if I was pointing at like the Virgin Mary and be oh like, this God. is for you, baby. Wow. Dude. As if Tom. Why are you gay? <laughs> Good dude, question. Tom Internalize Hardy, baby. that. Uh, but however, I would say. I completely agree that it gets a bad rap. I I will say, it, it sucks to say, I think it is, yes, it is the least good of all three. Does that make it therefore bad? No. No. And I think too many people say it's not as good as the first two, therefore <sighs> it's bad. I think it's great, Which is man. unfair. I love right? the bat plane. The I, bat plane is sick. I loved uh, Anne Hathaway on the bat pod cycle with her Anne butt Hath sticking Yeah, out. I mean, Aunt, look, let's be real. I mean, Anne Hathaway can get it. Um, I thought she was good in it. She was good. I think I definitely watching the days and we'll get them that the Batman. I kind of like the more. I don't think there was like Catgirl supposed to be a little bit of a cat villain. Girl. Catwoman, whatever. <laughs> little, Love little, it. Catgirl. Catgirl. Yeah, it's supposed to be riding the line. Right. And Anne Hathaway's character did not do that. She was like, I'm good. You know, right? She's yeah, like, she wasn't very bad. Right. So I also think that I will say this is this is really random. Nobody likes this critique. In the scene, they're judging everyone, right? They're bringing all the politicians in and the judges, right? And the criminals are judging them for being corrupt. Chillian Murphy is the judge. Scarecrow is the judge. One of my favorite details in that film. Why I love it. I wish love that, that couldn't have been played out more. Loved it. Even if it was just he looking he Gave him a dose of his anxiety medication, right? Like, whatever. But that detail to me was like, oh, man. Loved you know? it. Loved yeah. it. And again, that's more to them going back to begins. Right. Which I felt was necessary. Other people did not. Can you imagine the paycheck Chillian Murphy made on that? They're like, all you have to do is sit in a chair for an hour and we'll pay you $300,000. He must have been thrilled. Oh, yeah, he was like, absolutely, He's I'm like, there. dude, I went out like such a bitch. <laughs> right, he got tased, pissed himself. I got tased by a Scientologist. Oh, and pissed myself. Isn't she a cult leader now? Nah, she got away from that. Oh, did she? Okay, she, she escaped. Good for her. Good, good, for good her. on you, Katie. <laughs> good for you. Um, so, what was your score? My score was an eight point seven five. Cause only cause I gave Batman Begins a nine. Dude, our scores were like almost identical. I know. I also had an eight point seven five for that. There have been times when I've given D, uh, Dark Knight Rises a nine. 
I have an old Facebook status. I mean, if I was lifting right now, I mean, which I do, but if I was lifting <laughs> like I was then, I would I'd be pointing it, giving an, it a nine. I have an old Facebook status that says, just saw the best Batman movie of all time wow. when I got out of that. Bold. And that was like the day that it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And the reason I thought that, I still remember very specifically, is... I felt like they gave a nice emotional send off to Batman, which like Michael Caine which saw never, him in Italy. I'm sure there's some fucking idiot out there that saw No Time to Die and was like, "That was such a stirring send off for the best Bond of all time." Perfectly fitting to disagree. His I'm a Bond fan and I disagree um, with that. But that's how I felt about TDKR. I was just wow. like, I was like, "Listen, Bruce Wayne, save the city a thousand times over." And he got to live his life. Agreed. And he got to have everything, like, you know. But it still gave you the white knuckle. Like, it's still yeah. at the end, you know, most of us, right, <laughs> were. <laughs> the Robin thing, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. My name's Johnny. Johnny Robin. Oh, that was, was like, pretty much how yeah, that ended. Yeah, right. I'm a cop, but I'm a cool cop. And I remember walking out of that movie and saying to whomever I was with at the time, I was like, God, please do not make a movie where Joseph Gordon-Levitt Dude, is I was afraid. I was like, what was that movie, 100, 500 Days of Summer? I right. was like, we're gonna... And you know they were going to. Oh, yeah? I, at one point, they were I gonna, thought they were just like, guys. We... They were going to suck him into a very early iteration of Justice League. They um, were like looking at him, and they were like, this guy weighs 130 pounds soaking wet. We all right, can't. The final thing we have to say before we get to our The Batman review, now that we're a full hour into this podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a long one, folks you down josh just what you wanted for a special <laughs> um yeah right i'm gonna have to put time codes in this one uh let's quickly talk about Zack snyder oh no <laughs> why because it is important to know that it's possible in this day and age are you gonna control yourself with all the money in the world no the answer is no that you can still misunderstand the most simple things about Batman. But what has Zack snyder understood <laughs> i mean how to make watchmen i'd argue I, I I thought he nailed that. Movie. Watchmen's fine. Slow mo, namaste. When you re when the show, I mean, here's the thing too. Now we have the Watchmen show. Right. I mean, if you try to go back and watch the Watchmen and compare it to the show, well, that's not exactly fair. I know it's not, but I think the movie is fantastic. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, I, I was a three hundred was... was good, but looks awful now. Oh um, my gosh, I rewatched it like a week ago in like the background while I was working. It's just, and I had to turn it off. Yeah, it's, it's garbage. It's very bad. He's um, like, you're handicapped. You can't be a Spartan. <laughs> um, Get your wheelchair, loser, and have sex with those Persians. Anyway, <laughs> um, Zack Snyder's terrible. He's a blight upon society. Oh, great. Um, his DCEU movies, and I'm going to even throw Man of Steel in there, are all terrible. Um, Man of Steel is the only one I Man of Steel's bearable. But... I will remind the listener that while I did enjoy it in, in cinemas and think it is a fantastic Hans Zimmer score and think that it is a mostly compelling Superman movie, it's got some shit in it that's really ill-advised. Okay? It's got a lot of murder. Superman's dad is like, I'm just going to kill myself. No, he's like, this tornado, <laughs> man. He's like, might as well just... I mean, my son can fly like hell fast, but... dude. That the movie is full of the kind of bad decision making that led to things like Batman Superman, though. Um, Batman v Superman for me is the worst Batman related movie. Martha! Period. <laughs> it's worse than Batman and Robin because at least Batman and Robin is funny. 
Yeah, agreed. Batman v Superman is joyless to every highest degree. And Zack Snyder was like, this is how Batman is? Nah, I'm going to do my own Batman. I'm just going to have him murder just hundreds. Zack yeah. Snyder loves murder. Like He does. And his Batman, while he looked good in a suit, and and you can uh, find plenty of pages on the internet that'll post a picture of him next to a cartoon Bruce Wayne and be like, they were the closest they ever been. <laughs> They have never been further from understanding the character of yeah, Batman right. than in those films. He's which like, is, I don't want to kill people. Again, Zach the guy Snyder's that like... wrote begins, wrote BVS, and like how ill-advised of a take. How much was that edited, though, I wonder? Well, a lot of it was Zack Snyder's influence, I'm right. sure. Um, he was like, give him a machine gun. I hate that movie. I liked Joss Whedon's Justice League. When I got out of that, I was like... You liked it? I liked it because BVS was so sad and so dark. And I walked out of Justice League being like, this is utter trash. Dude, we're, Cyborg? We're trash. I think I, so you. Okay. I liked Batman in it. Is, okay, is okay, 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 okay. Forget about the movie. Yeah. And okay, there's a scene in that where Joss Whedon added where Batman like fights some bug on a roof. Yeah, right. And at I least recall. Gotham City looked like Gotham City. And I was like, oh my God, it's almost Batman. Like we're uh, at least in the same galaxy as Batman. Whereas... Everything else Snyder touched was just his own nonsense. He did not no. ever get close to understanding Batman nor Superman at any fucking level whatsoever. No. Batman v Superman is like a one out of ten for me. It is oh. as illiterate of a film as I you put can imagine. three, and the only reason why I gave it any points is because at the end, with the armor that... at. With the armor that Batman puts on, oh, I think so stupid. It's looking. stupid. No, 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 it's stupid. He hits him with a kitchen sink, Josh. <laughs> just forget this movie. I'm, that's a three out of ten. That's just do I? It's logistic. Have you watched the director's cut? Oh no. Oh, the forty minutes longer one? No, absolutely not. Dude, why would I do that? If to you myself? ever want to ruin your own life, yeah, right. Check why? that one out. Yeah, it's forty more minutes of just dialogue. I just admitted to you, I watched three hundred the other day. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen the assembly cut of. Oh, no. Anyway, um, Zack Snyder ruined uh, Batman yes. for many years. And today we saw a movie that attempted to rectify all of those problems. Right. And a little too hard. It's now time to discuss 2022's The Batman. Are you ready? I'm ready. Honey, I need you to suck it. Suck it up. Suck it. <laughs> Where were the other sucks going? <laughs> Which other men were you sucking? I can stop myself. <laughs> My wife's going like, to listen to this and she's going to be like, I have to kill you. <laughs> she's, back at, she's back at her bag right now. <laughs> yeah, right. She already knows she's mad. She hasn't listened to it yet. Oh, it doesn't move. I was I was really excited to make it walk. Josh is playing with, he chose for his totem uh, on his... Uh, microphone desk, the alien from uh, Starship Troopers. This is the bugs, right? The bugs. Right. Thank you for correcting me on that. I misgendered that. Um, misgendered the bug. Bug for an alien. <laughs> um, 
And uh, Dan Endens is typically uh, Silent Bob. So we've got now two aliens. Mine's the alien from Aliens. Oh, yeah. His is from Starship Troopers. My, <laughs> mine, the butt is facing you, though. I'm going to turn it around as a power move. I mean... There we go. Alien Queen can get it, for sure. She she is pretty thick. <laughs> <laughs> In a bony way. Okay, so um, today Josh and I went and uh, with a couple of friends of mine saw... The Batman in IMAX. Indeed. In King of Prussia. Epicenter of America. In 2D. Because I don't think they do too much 3D anymore. If they had 4D for that, I would see that in 4D. I think they did. Did they really? Why not? I don't see why they wouldn't have. I mean, there's... I don't know what you could do in 4D. That would be... (laughs) That's special. I mean, it rained the entire movie. (laughs) Robert Pattinson's tears can land on you. You feel um, and put the makeup on. Should we try to do spoiler-free up front? I feel like, listen... There's you, no way. Yeah, don't don't listen to this if you haven't seen the Batman, obviously. Yeah. That seems ill Or if you don't care. Or if you don't care, yeah. then listen to this backwards. Yeah. Um. God. Which means Andre's going to listen to it. Well, let's put our, um, let's put our credentials on the floor first here. Okay. I love Matt Reeves, the director. I love Cloverfield. Uh, I loved both of his Planet of the Apes films. I liked his Let the Right One In remake. I just didn't see why it was necessary, even though it was well done. I agree. Um, I love Michael uh, Giacchino, the score. Um, I also love the score of this movie, which I've been listening to for a couple days now, um, isolated on its own. Um, so came in with a lot of excitement about that. I love Robert Pattinson. Agreed. He's the fucking man. RP, baby. <clears throat> He's like if Tim Burton created a person. <laughs> um, and um, so that's what I walked in with. I uh, hated Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought that was just ill-advised. He's Batman, but he's from Boston. What's the matter with you? I'm Batman. Um <laughs> And um, uh, was just psyched out of my fucking mind to see this one today. Josh, how how did you feel walking in? I also was that way. Uh, I felt a sense of honor to Robert Pattinson as as everyone was like, but that's the Twilight guy. Right. right. And uh, as we talked about before, I'm going to throw my buddy Sean under the bus. I'm going to use his name because I'm going to tell him to check this out. Uh, He quite literally said to me, Robert Pattinson hasn't been in any good movies He's from Twilight, bad actor. Mm. And then I listed many a good movie, including (laughs) Easily Good Times and The Lighthouse. And he said, those are art movies. Nobody's seen them. Well, I mean, all movies are art. Right. Are they not? Well, Zack Snyder could argue that. Um, What about uh, Cloverfield? Fan of that? So I, I saw the original, liked it. I didn't follow the entire... It's four movies at this point, right? Three. Three. Oh, I yeah. thought it was four. Yeah, I only saw the first, and I did like it. So, I mean, found <laughs> don't, footage. Don't make me say what I feel about these movies, because it's yeah, just... Yeah, I'll control It's going it. to no. un- invalidate my next But I completely agree with your opinion as far as director role and different films, so... Right. Uh... Um... <sighs> I'm struggling a lot with this movie. Uh-oh. Uh, in a variety of forms. But let me first say what I liked about this movie. Okay. Robert Pattinson. Agreed. Agreed. 
<laughs> Hell yeah. And I look forward to seeing many more of these with yeah. Robert Pattinson. Um, his physicality, spot on. Like, Oh, yeah. Not in the sense that he was beefy, because he was not. No, my gosh, no. I mean, you compare him to Christian Bale. He's, right. He's anemic. Yeah, um, and it's just about the way you carry yourself in the suit. Right, but yeah, well, that's, I think, so it's funny you said, because that was one of my points, is like, I even texted my wife on the way here. She was like, oh, how was Robert Pattinson? I said, I think he was great. He's very thin, though. I mean, his body type is thin, right? right? Mm -hmm. However, if you look at the original Batmans from the 90s and 80s. He's short, too. Well, so, okay, so wait, let's talk about it. He was taller than everyone in the movie, and I thought he was only like five foot ten. How tall is Robert Pattinson? Should we and, actually find yeah, out? Google it, because he, they made him look, t I mean, were they doing the, the thing where they make him stand on a box to make him look taller than everyone? Robert Pattinson is 6'1". Oh, man, okay. So he's pretty so tall. Yeah, it's pretty tall. But he, but if you look at Batman historically... Up until Christian Bale, Batman, and the cartoons. Okay, so mm. exclude the cartoons. Mm -hmm. Live action Batmans were not these hulking beasts. No. Until you got to Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. I mean, Michael. Ben, ben Affleck is like a fucking Twinkie in the. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he, is, he was putting back Miller High Lives, baby. He like, was thick. Yeah. He was ready. For a pound. Yeah, and his back tattoo, and he was jumping in. I did not like his his look in those movies at all. He was about twenty pounds. He had the heavy. dad bod going on. Um. So yeah, um, uh, Robert Pattinson is the, the key figure in my enjoyment of this film. Okay, his performance as Batman included more dialogue than maybe any actor's ever had for a single Batman movie. I mean, and, there are no monologues. No monologues. But he was in the mix more than if you took like total screen time of all the Nolan movies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm gonna guess like twenty minutes max per movie. Well, Bruce Wayne always had more dialogue than Batman. Bruce Wayne was for sure the secondary character in the equation between him and Batman. I mean, Bruce um, Wayne was barely a character. He was in three scenes of the movie. It yeah. felt like, and even one of them, he was just like present and ate fruit. Yeah, he does not say much um, in his Bruce Wayne life and is frequently referred to as a recluse, um, which I'm sure someone cried about, like, how, well, Batman needs to put on a persona, blah, blah, blah. This is such a dark take of Batman. Oh, my gosh. That it's arguable that that's not fully necessary because everyone's upset. Yeah. It's like, why would anybody be acting like a Playboy billionaire? Everyone's upset. Right. Like, shit sucks. Yeah. Um, I liked the design choices. I liked... Completely agree. The aesthetics of Gotham City when I could see them. So did you think Gotham looked like Gotham? 100%. And I would use specifically the memorial service. Right. I mean, everything. Yeah. Bruce Wayne's house oh my gosh. looked better it was than madness. ever. I want to know where that house is in real life. There's uh, seemingly a lot of detail and thought put into the realization of Gotham, which is nice to see for once. All right. An unequivocally, uh, like, it's a clearly go like Gotham experience, yes. which is nice to see after the, the Nolan movies. And well, the but Zack Batman Snyder Begins, movies. if you look at the subway in Batman Begins right. and the subway in this movie, they're almost identical. I think they kind of did a nod. Yeah. Did you with, see the biggest nod elements. in the beginning of the movie? What was that? The the name of the uh, grocery store that guy was uh, robbing. No. It was named Good Times. 
I'm dead serious. <laughs> Do you think that's related, really? Absolutely. Dude, it literally said the name of the version of the banner was Good Times. Right. And the guy walked in and robbed him. Um, it said it three times on the banner. <sighs> I like the car. Great car. Oh, my gosh. Sick. Was only in the movie for about seven minutes, but I liked what I saw. I got you. I would like to see more. <laughs> Colin Farrell's The Penguin. Fantastic. Fantastic. I... Did not recognize him at all. I couldn't. Not his the voice. The whole movie, I was trying to pick out Colin Farrell, and I couldn't. For the couldn't do year. it. We was not there. I was trying to even pick out like his In Bruges role, where he plays an ass clown in In Bruges, and right. I couldn't even get it from that. That being said, I believe it's pronounced In Bruges. In Bruges, yeah, whatever. That being I'm said, American. he was doing clearly like a Robert De Niro impression, which at points got yeah. really too close to Robert De Niro. I would even argue he was Danny DeVito flirting. Mm, he was Danny DeVito adjacent. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but he was doing a direct Robert De Niro impression. Oh, yeah. And his makeup made him look a hey, lot like Robert De Niro. I'm fat. And uh, I'm a guest. <laughs> hey, I'm fat. Um, and so he was fantastic. Yeah. Thought Zoe Kravitz was very good. She was very Compelling. hot. <laughs> she did some good action. Yeah. Girl fighting is always <sighs> terrible, but I will say that they did it well because... She did the typical, like, use my legs instead of my fists thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they had her overpowered easily, which I appreciate, not because I'm like, oh, men are so strong. But in the reality is, if you're going to get in a fist fight with someone and they tackle you, right, your legs don't work. Right. <laughs> so I appreciated that. I like the action when it happened in very brief spots. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, A lot. It was mostly filmed well. It had good mm -hmm. weight. It was visceral. Robert Pattinson sold it. In yeah. his costume. That all worked out How great. How do you for feel me. about Nirvana? Love, dude. All right. So the peak for me. The opening or the closing? The the final moments that I was truly enjoying this movie were the opening to oh the Nirvana song. Oh my gosh, song. that was amazing. Okay, good. When that scene ended, things started heading in a downward progression for me. Disagree, but we'll get there. Um I did not like Paul Dano as the Riddler. I thought that that was part of what unraveled. I don't like Paul Dano in general. Most of the movie and its issues revolved for me around Paul Dano. Can you remind me of a movie that he's been in where he's been not just a terrible douche? He's just kind of doing the same bit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, every movie he's in, he's like, mm, I'm mediocre looking and I, I have long hair and I look like I rape people. I would compare... His role in this film and his performance to Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Allow, oh, me, allow okay. me to explain. I know. I get it. I get where you're coming from. But go ahead. Both Lex Luthor in that film and Paul Dano's Riddler in this film are clearly doing Heath Ledger's Dark Knight. Right. I'm disassociated clearly. with the world. They're doing... Using mass media to be a terrorist to show right. how corrupt everything is, doing massive head games on people right. that seemingly are planned to a degree that make no sense uh, for anyone other than a super genius. Right. The logic leaps are insane. And in both uh, Jesse Eisenberg's case and Paul Dano's case, overacting. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh, there is a scene at the end of the film. Oh. When Paul Dano is behind bars, where it's just like we're every line is supposed to be us. 
dude, every line he delivered, I was like, please shut up. Dude, he was, that was the cringiest part of his role. Like, he wasn't great throughout the movie. I completely agree. The only part I thought he was good in was the very beginning where he beat the guy to death. Like, he he seemed out of control. That he was seemed, it for me. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like anything beyond that, I was he, like, I'm not scared of this Dano, dude. Paul Dano, in general, like this is gonna sound horrible. He looks like the Charleston church shooter. Right. Like sure. And he plays that role in every movie he's right. in, and look, I'm tired I, of him. I I like him in There Will Be Blood, but that is because they are aware of his whininess and they're I mean, using it to make fun of him. I the point your milkshake. The point of Paul Dano's character in that film is to be made a clown, right? Whereas Dano in, Day Lewis in a movie him. like this, they're like, take this guy dead, dead seriously. Right. Never worked. No, I, I his performance was bad. So wait, before we go too far ahead, and we start arguing, right? What's your review? What's my what? Your review. What do you mean? Like, what Wait, is my numerical? Not your number. Numerical review. I'm not ready to go. Okay, there. not ready to go there. Okay. No, because I got to get a lot of things. Like, okay, off, get off your chest. Off go ahead, chest. big guy. Um, it's your basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeffrey Wright's Commissioner Gordon. Good-ish performance-ish. Nowhere near Gary Oldman. No. And... He- For a film that was three hours long, to not give him any character depth. Yeah. To literally be like, if you did not know who Jim Gordon was, you would assume that this is a cop who's just helping Batman. This he was doing the same acting he did in Westworld. Sure. Same tone, same pacing. I would say that's pretty pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, until he finds out he's a robot. Spoilers. <laughs> what I couldn't stand about him in this movie is that he is playing, like, the rigs to um, uh, Batman's Mel Gibson in this movie. <laughs> and... and so he doesn't sit on a toilet that explodes. His choice as an actor, which is so ill-advised, was, I'm going to speak in, in whispers like this the We don't whole even know each other. Movie. And then Batman's voice was like this the whole time. Yeah. And then when the two of them would talk to each other, it would be kind of like this. And then Batman would be like this. And I was like, dude, I'm watching a three-hour movie of grown men whispering to each other. They're alone endlessly. on a skyscraper. Dude, endless whispering. So much so that there is a scene later where Jeffrey uh, Wright is leading a bunch of people out of a disaster zone in a really sloppy, ill Cool as a cucumber. Third act. <laughs> And he's yelling and he's like, everybody come with me. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know you could speak about this. But even when he did that, like that was Jeffrey Wright. So I, I got to agree, like Jeffrey Wright. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, everybody follow me. It's like, are you are you doing that? Because that's what the script says. Like it t- raise <sighs> decibels. There was no next, panic in his voice. Next element. Alfred. Great performance. Again, underused. Not an animated chimp. So I'm not interested. The way that Alfred went out in this movie was so weird. Or Gollum. Weird. They kind of like dropped Alfred like a stone out of the movie at one point, And he never came back. I don't. So I agree with what you're saying as far as his position. Like, but what was Alfred's relationship with Bruce in this film? So that's what I think it's interesting. When you look at the trilogy, right? It was Alfred, not there. No, it was none there. But I'm, what I'm <laughs> saying is like, it's interesting because with with the last trilogy we watched, right? Talking about Batman Begins. There was no origin story in this movie. And I think that's important to state for people. There was no origin story. 
Right. And they're so proud of themselves for making a movie um, about year two Batman. Right. And it's been in every interview and in every. And you know what I have to say about that, which is we lost a lot because of that. We lost not because I needed to see uh, Martha right. and Thomas Martha. be shot. I didn't need to see yeah. that. But, the for example, dude, Batman Begins. Oh, uh, Bruce, what do we learn when we fall to get back up? Yeah. That kind of shit, dude, is integral. What do we learn when we fall? That kind of shit is integral to Batman as a character, and that shit was not in this movie. Alfred doesn't portray any wisdom. They uh, went out of their way in this movie to be like, in this universe... Bruce Wayne is deeply detached. Now, wait a minute. And now, isolated. look at the original Batman. So we're talking 89 to Robin. Right. How much was Alfred a part of those? And see, you just fell on your own landmine here. Why? Because... Look at Alfred in 89. No, no, no. But listen, <laughs> what you're missing is that Alfred was arguably in those movies less, but his emotional connection to Bruce Wayne was more palpable. You're saying as far as guidance and counselor. Just understanding the relationship between them as mentor and mentoree, as right. as the student and Mentee. the master, as, as a father figure, as someone who is to be relied upon. Now, Batman and Robin, for example, terrible movie, but when Alfred is sick, you see George Clooney's reaction to that. He's deeply upset and troubled over it, and it, it throws his entire life for a loop. Um, the Alfred in this movie, I did the math on. I was like, we don't know anything about him. And his relationship with Bruce has no levity. There's no like, well, Master Wayne, you... <laughs> when was the last time you went out in the Bentley? There's no like, I'll make sure I leave it with a full tank. There is no camaraderie. Between the two of them. I agree. It was I mean, like, this is a mentally sick boy. Bruce is a dick. And his semi-ward, like... Yeah. It, however, there was however... No, there was a lack of emotion around Commissioner Gordon Could you argue it's a setup for the second movie? No, sure. Whatever. But that doesn't exist, man. It's true. I got to deal with what I've got. And that's... Yes, this is a year two Bruce Wayne. They've already wagged the Joker, though, so it's guaranteed. But, like, damn, like... Uh, really don't feel like his trauma is anything more than like a very superficial, like I'm going to dress dark, be dark, be upset. But I almost think that's, I mean, look, and I'm, this is separating myself from Batman and enjoying the film itself. I almost enjoy that aspect because it proves how frivolous his obsession with vengeance is. Sure. There are, there are arguments for it, but I base every Batman movie on, does it make me feel like this is truly the Batman that I grew up with from the comics that I understand? And this movie got so much right that Zack Snyder did not. Oh, yeah. And yet still did so many weird, off-putting, and bizarre things that I I struggle to say that this was a film that at all can be compared to the Christopher Nolan films. I did enjoy this movie. I agree completely, but that's why I liked it. Right. Let's get a couple things straight, right? This is different than any Batman movie. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. This is structured like Chinatown meets Seven. Nobody's nose got cut up, though. 
Chinatown is about like siphoning water and crooked politics. This movie was about like flooding water and corrupt politics. Both are long meandering messes. <laughs> and um, here's my issue with the Batman 2022 is that you have the rotten core, which is Paul Dano's Riddler. Yes. That is a huge infection point. But what, <laughs> what really made me off put by this movie was that within a fantastic representation of Batman with great actors and great music and perfect visuals, you are hamstringing this really unnecessarily overcomplicated plot that at least 40 minutes of which could have been in a better, tighter version of this film truncated into a more exciting story. There is a level of fat within this movie that made it impossible for me to love. So I'd have to rewatch it to agree with that because as of right now, my initial reaction is I was okay with the pacing and the length. I mean, it was long. Don't get me wrong. It was long. Okay. But I never at one point went, oh, God, is this over yet? Me neither. But let me put it to you in a different way. It's not about thinking, oh, this is long. Because I never at any point was like, oh, this is long. The thing is that, remember when I told you when we were walking in what I was most excited for? What I was most excited for was that it was a two-hour and 56-minute movie of which we've only seen right. like two minutes of. Right. Yeah. And those two minutes are what? The penguin yeah. uh, well, chase scene. Well, not even, barely the penguin. The, yeah, pe yes. the penguin chase scene with the car, right. which was completely spoiled by the I trailers. got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, <laughs> um, the kind of fight at the end. Yeah. Um, and um, a couple select action moments. And, and for me, the biggest mystery was what is going to be connecting all these things together? Right. What is the glue of this actual movie? And it turns out a couple things turned out to be true. One, all the major set pieces shown in the trailer are the only ones in the film. There's yes. not a lot of action in this movie. No. In fact, it's to me a little egregious mm, the okay. level of walking and talking in this movie. Disagree, but we'll get there. That could have been thinned out if written less clunkily. Um, it just felt like Agreed. I have seen many noir movies and they are meant to be long and twisty and overbearing. Right. But look how many things this movie is trying to also juggle beyond that. Yeah. And it and to me felt like the movie was at odds with itself. And it was like for a little bit now we're seven and for a little bit now we're Chinatown. Mm, and okay. now, uh oh, it's time to be Batman for a little while. And the thing is, dude. It always kept me coming back because every time Robert Pattinson is on screen as Batman, I'm like, I believe he's Batman. Right. This looks like Arkham City the game. Oh, His dude, suit yeah. is perfection. His stances are perfect. His look is immaculate. Right. And then I would like get lost in the plotting of it. And what I came to found is that the, the trailer sauce. is so bare bones, not yeah. because this movie is full of mysterious set pieces and crazy mind-busting visuals that we right. hadn't seen. It's because most of it is walk and talk inside dark rooms, right. discussions of the actual machinations of the plot. Whereas if you look at Dark Knight, all of that's there. Super complicated plot, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But you're seeing different places constantly. You're seeing Batman yeah. do wild different action set pieces constantly. You care about the villain. You are right. deeply vested in... Batman coming face to face with him. Meanwhile, this movie is doing its best to be like, this is 
us wishing we could make the Dark Knight, but we can't. We're using a character who uses viral media to make spooky videos just like the Joker <laughs> yeah, in right. Dark Knight, which was just too fucking close to the button for me. And it was like, you're never going to see the two of these guys go head to head because we've portrayed this guy as a radicalized incel and he could never go toe to toe with Batman. Whereas Heath Ledger stood in the fucking street and was like, hit me, yeah. hit me. Yeah. And that shit fucking hits deep. Well, but you said you liked Scarecrow and Scarecrow got tased. That's true. But I admitted that's a fault yeah, of yeah, that movie. That's true. Yeah. Um, Paul Dano, dude, dropped out of this movie for 40 minutes in the in the long half. No, 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 I agree. He so, disappeared. So I, I, what I'll say is you probably could have cut, I don't know if you could say as far as 40 minutes of, of, of time. Not 40, I'd say 20 would be But I would say helpful. 20 because if you look at, there were so there many so scenes- much- propping and positioning right. to figure out Falcone and like right. and, and none of it was that revelatory it well, was just like so slowly you presented you could have explained Falcone I mean they explained Falcone in the very beginning he's a drug lord right. he's been a drug lord in this city for 20 years that's it yeah. right like they, they kept going back to him and explanations and yes. then the other part was like I think at the end the part that bothered me <laughs> this is so random but you know in Django Unchained because Quentin Tarantino's favorite so that's where my brain goes where they're singing the Jim Croce song and they're like training and shooting, right? And they're riding horses together right. and like the the Know Your Name song. Yeah. That's how what it felt like when the when Catwoman and Batman were driving together. Like that dude, that was stupid. That was so corny. Here's like, the thing though, like this, I got a name. <laughs> like, you know, right. This movie was so well mounted and filmed and yeah. pho- photographed and casted and it sounds so gorgeous. And I just found myself being like, why are there cringe moments in they this movie at all? They could have cut out five minutes right there. Five minutes. I didn't give a shit that Catwoman was going to Northern, I'm assuming New York, right? I'm just going to say it. I really think that this movie was a kind of a mess. <sighs> and the things that it did right. Mess. The, thing that it, the things that it did right, I loved. Yeah. But I struggle to want to like... Turn around and rewatch this movie. I could easily rewatch it. I will easily rewatch it, and I'll buy, <laughs> and, and, and I'll buy it. Yeah, of course. And explore it much deeper. You'll buy it further. in 4K, and the poor of us will buy it on Blu-ray. But it was very flawed. And, oh, and 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 not in like a agreed. Not in like a, oh, this is a bad superhero movie way. No, it was a flaw of like the director wanting to do things that were different. While then simultaneously aping the Nolan movies in ways that were way less effective. Um, the times that it was being itself and and being um, like there were some good scenes that had grace in them, like yeah. the funeral scene. And but then there was just so much clunkiness what? throughout it that. I just, you know, uh, what I think a good example of that is. And also, John Wilkinson's Falcone was so much better than um, John Turturro's. It was not even worth comparing. Uh, John Turturro is Wilkinson is the man so ha- John Turturro has range, though. He has range, but he's not doing much in this movie. No, other, he's other not than playing Italian he, guy. In no, sun, but in he sunglasses. I, maybe I'm some biased because I just watched the night of a few weeks back. It's disgusting feet in that show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I see him in that, and then I see him in this. He's I'm great. Like, Talk about range. No, dude, he's one of my favorite actors ever. But, but, but I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. Every time I throw, like, he never felt like when he walks up to his, you know, he doesn't know his daughter at the time. He's like, baby. However, and this is a great point. 
the whole scene where she's like, oh, he's my dad and all this stuff and the whole story she told, it would have been way more shocking and spoilers, I'm about to say, it would have been way more shocking when she pointed the gun at him and said, I'm so-and-so's daughter. Like, you would have right. been like, oh my, what? Right? Like, that would have hit 10,000 times harder if you didn't have <sighs> that five minutes of backstory on top of a roof. I, I am, I'm disappointed I'm not disappointed. I, I think it I crossed can... into it. I, I I was fighting it the entire movie. Well, so let's talk about let's go back to positives real quick. Right. So I think for me, we already talked about Robert Pattinson. I think Gotham looked like Gotham for the first time in a long it time. It did, man. And that's what troubles me is that a better story was not told with. Oh man, it. you're just gonna be neg- no matter what I say. Now you're you're just gonna be cranky. Again, no, no. I'm just telling you, like the dressing of this movie, the set yeah. dressing, the like the, the look of it, everything, Pattinson, everything. Like I said, memorial service when that car comes plunging through, which you did see part of that in the trailer. Yeah, but yeah. You any, listen. Any piece of action in this movie yeah. was in the trailer. Right. No, no, agreed. Well, and so, I hate saying that so much. Right. There is not a action set piece in this film, not in that trailer. Yeah, right. So the irony for me is I'm a big action movie guy, right? I like action movies. I'm like most, you know, cis white males. I enjoy lifting in action movies, right? But um, nonetheless. How many times do you feel contracted to say you lift in this podcast? Oh, no. Because you're, right. you're at two or three. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I got to prove that. Five because max. Because if no one believes me, how can I tell people? Well, good I thing lift no one weight? can see you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd be so disappointed. <laughs> I'd be like, this guy lifts? But, no, what I'm saying is... I went is, to the gym today, I'll have you know, and it was I Planet did, Fitness. I did, right. <laughs> but, um, here's what I'll say. So, there's two things with the action for me, and this is partly ruined for me. As we've talked about, I'm a gun guy. You we previously had me on for James Bond. I've been waving around firearms. Um, but, whenever there's bad gun usage in a movie, it immediately pulls me away. Right. What was your, what was your gun critique of this film? Horrible. Horrible. So, so here's why. Okay. The sound was excellent. So like if you so I've I actually recently got the opportunity to be with the um, Chester County Police Department and they I was in a training class. A cab. A cab. Right. You're right. Dan Endon's already mad. I was in a class. <laughs> it wasn't like I was supporting them. I didn't pay them anything. But I was in a class and they got to bring fully automatic weapons to the class, which civilians can't own. Let's get past that. So okay. Move and on. they and they were showing it right. Uh huh. And there's a sig- difference between a sound of like, we all know, let's just say Call of Duty, right? You know there's a, what an MP5 is and an M16, I right? do not play Call of Duty. Well, I do not know what an MP5 is. Is it like an M16? MP, ho, 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 I have a machine gun. Okay. That's like a pistol caliber. Yeah, you're speaking my language. Yeah, right. It fires a smaller bullet. Okay. M16 fires big bullet. Right. There's a significant sound difference. They got that perfect. The sound design was perfect. Hmm. But the thing that always bothers me, there's only a few movies that do this right is when someone gets shot, the laws of physics still apply. Like, right, you're like, being hit by something at 3,000... They were shooting Batman point and blank oh, with machine guns. Right. And like he, he was karate chopping and walking right, in a straight like, line. You'd be pissing blood. Like, you would at least be pushed off your path. Right. Quite well, no, no, you would, I mean, yeah. I've seen, you can, you can go on. I've seen videos where guys who are wearing bulletproof armor get shot with, right. like, an M16, right? And they'll literally start vomiting. Right? I, I don't they, ascribe to any of this as movie critique. But right. I, no, I no, am, no, it's not. It's I not. I am hearing you. No, but it it's pulls good to have me, your expert opinion. It pulls me out for a second because I start to laugh because right. I'm just like, dude, you and once again, tech, no one cares. But a shotgun is actually less effective. And they showed him getting hit by a shotgun and that's what knocks him out. I'm like, dude, you get hit with a because speed is what takes you out, not size. Interesting. Right? Yeah. That is it's, all, it's all about velocity, okay. baby. It's about not about size, but how you use it. Interesting. So, 
in more ways than one. Believe right. Me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all live by that. Um, we all, we're all living two minutes at a time. Right. You, know, you know what I mean, Josh? <laughs> yeah, man. They gotta get it done quick. It's speed. Why are you speed. good? <laughs> um, but go on. so I thought the action overall was good per mm-hmm. se. Like I, I think what you said earlier was it was brutal. Like where he's beating the guy. It's very I thought visceral. That, visceral. I really could experience yeah. that. But there were moments. Like, it was too much of a noir movie right? where they would pull these unbelievable action things out. And I was like, well, it takes me out of the movie because it, if it's a noir, it should be realistic, right? right? Like, the action... Where he has like the squirrel tra- suit and he jumps off the building. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get to. It, like, the action felt like it was in a different movie. Exactly. Agreed. A hundred percent. Because... While this movie is doing its best seven impression, go and watch seven. No one's jumping out of a helicopter in a squirrel suit. Agree. Um, yeah, I mean, had there been a tighter central story with a Riddler who was sure crazy, sure threatening, but I mean, is there, smart and and respectable. Outside of Killer Croc, can you name any other specific? Well, Bane. I, well. But outside of Killer Croc, can you name any other villain that's not mentally unstable? Because Killer Croc's like, I'm ugly and I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and here's the thing, though. But, like, if, if, if you watch Batman the Animated Series, I would argue that's the best version of the Riddler still ever. Which is a guy who Green suits. is insecure and uh, not to a point of clownishness but who is a genius right. and who is able to create um, mental games for Bruce Wayne that, that push him to the limit of his detective abilities and his smarts. Um, that's not really what was going on here. What was going on here was more like the Zodiac killer, but with like question, right. question marks. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, and that, and as you said earlier, the, the log, it was like certain things were so simple, like the bat with like the, the bat, what was it? Rat with wings. It's oh like, God! The amount of times they talked about they could have the cut fucking rat with they wings. could have cut that entire thing out and it, and and they could have cut the entire thing. It out. was every twenty minutes in the movie they were like, "Here's a new explanation for what the rat with wings are," and then when it turned out to be Falcone, because Falcon, right? That, that is rough. even dumber than Martha. So we both laughed at that moment. I was we like, both, "Are you fucking kidding me?" We both laughed. I was like, "I've Look, never considered dude. a falcon a rat with wings." I like that we have a Batman detective movie. Agreed. Did it have to be like this, though? This was a slog. You gotta realize it has to be this. I think if they got rid of action, nobody would have seen it. It got rid of the action? I wanted them to double it. No, I think think if you're gonna double down on the detective noir side of it... You don't get to do that on your first Batman movie. Right, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. So here's the deal, Matt Reeves. (laughs) Make... You dick, Matt Reeves! Make a tighter initial first movie. Get yourself off the fucking ground. And then if you want to do the Long Halloween, which is what clearly you are inspired by... Oh, absolutely. Then do it! Long Halloween rules, though. Same with Zack Snyder. If you are clearly inspired by um, The Dark Knight Returns, then make one movie first and then make The Dark Knight Returns so it has resonance. And then when you do it, do it! Because these like half-measured impressions of the best comic books of all time like don't resonate with me. Like this was like, 
the the long Halloween, but or Hush, but with the Riddler, and it's like there's a reason why the Riddler you. is not that character in those comics because you need a different kind of villain for those right. kinds of stories. I can guarantee you, Killer Joke is the next one. No doubt in my no, mind. No, it's going to be Court of Owls, 100%. You think way, so? With the way that this movie went and the corruption of Gotham and yada, 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 it'll be a mix between... I think Zoe's going down in the next film. Zoe's being murdered. They're going to go Dude, with Killer Joe. all I care about is that keep everything that they had from this movie and just make a Batman movie next because what they were doing... I completely... So it's funny you said it because I enjoyed it and I'll say I liked it, but it was not a Batman movie. What sucks about that, Josh, is that they're nailing so much right. Oh, yeah. At the same time. I'm like, oh, my God, look at Gotham City. And then I'm like, oh, my God, what is this scene like? The internal plot of the movie, other than what you saw in the trailers, is not very exciting. And the problem is it's kicked off under the guys that were doing Detective Batman, which is fine. But... Here's the problem. Let me tell you the most important thing that this movie fucking does not understand about what it was trying to do. And that's that um, when you are watching a good noir, you don't know who the killer is. Agreed. Yeah. This movie had no mystery. Yeah. If they had gotten rid of at least if they hadn't known it was the Riddler from the beginning and he even if he was just putting the hints in writing. Right. No videos. Nothing like that. (laughs) I don't know what the fix here is. But you cannot have a dedicated three-hour introspective noir where you just know who's doing it the whole time. And the only thing left to be uncovered is like, oh, Bruce Wayne's parents were kind of pieces of shit. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is I thought, based on the trailers, Paul would be caught pretty early on. Same. When we hit the two-hour, 40-minute mark and he was not caught in that diner yet... First of all, seven, that's the proving ground, which is when Kevin Spacey turns himself yes. in. That's like fucking 40 minutes oh, yeah. or more from that's the end in, of the movie. Not, not a bank, whatever and, and the that building movie is. is. He turns himself right into the police station. Yeah. And that movie's probably far shorter than this one. Um, What's in the box? Paul Dano, again, we're just aping Heath Ledger's Joker. It's just like we know he's turning himself in on purpose. Right. I just couldn't believe what the, the, oh man, it's like people think, like actors think that because you've been cast in a Batman film, not Colin Farrell, because I think he killed it. Uh, Colin movie. Farrell murdered it. He did um, phenomenal. I'm going to wipe you. Paul <laughs> Dano, again, made the same mistake that Jesse Eisenberg made, where it's like, yeah. I'm going to be flamboyant and tickful and and neurotic and anxiety ridden. He and thought bizarre. he was going to be the most. The most of that character's ever been. Right. And it does. that's not what the Riddler's for. No, I, the Riddler has to be a little flamboyant. I mean, here's the funny part. The Riddler should be in flamboyant. But the like, Riddler should be put together. Right. The Riddler. I mean, he shouldn't be a recluse, right? Like, if you look at the Riddler throughout the comics and through the movies, suit and tie, yes, it's covered in question marks. He's classy. But he's, cl- he's a classy boy. He's, he's got no, a top hat he's on. He's not this, like... Super far well, right conservative but... incel. Right, that's right. what he was in this movie. Well, and that's where I can Josh, see. Okay, wait, we got to talk about Ben Shapiro. We got to talk about Ben Shapiro. We got it. What we got to talk about is that a they were shipping the Riddler as like a Ben Shapiro esque like far yes. right pundit who had a legion of like white supremacists following him. All five hundred of them. The the funniest fucking stupidest part in the entire movie, which this movie had many dumb things in it, to be honest. Um, 
but this was the crowning jewel. Very late into the movie, like an hour and 900 minutes into this movie, after you see the Riddler be like, Who are you, your blind eye, the justice of your parents, and blah, blah, blah. You see him on his private (laughs) incel channel. They're like, here's a clip of the Riddler talking to his fans who will later be his army, which, God, dude, all of that was so contrived. Yeah. Um, And they were like, they cut to the Riddler, and he's in his full saran wrap Riddler garb, and he's like, he's like, so, hey, everybody, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here on uh, Riddler Ketchup. Um, like, what's up, guys? He's like, what's up? Remember to like, subscribe. It yes, was smash dude. that like button. I cringe. And they I zoom didn't in. expect to cringe even one time dude. in oh, this movie, Oh, that Josh. was horrible. And I cringed, like, a lot of time. And they zoomed in on the comments. That's what was... They were like, uh, gauge your camera. Oh, yeah, wait. <laughs> Rifles are good. All right. Sh- sh- wait, hold on. I gotta find... Hold on. I gotta find the... Wait, let me find the perfect sample for this, because, like, this is exactly... This is what I'm talking about. Stop the bus and stop the damn bus. The comment was, Rifles <laughs> are good. And I saw it on the chat while he was going like, hey, everybody, like, I'm the Riddler. Welcome to Riddler cast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Josh, like thinking in my mind, like, please, I hope Josh sees that. Then they crop it and they zoom in on, on that comment. Are good. Rifles are good in the chat. What was going on there, man? Dude, that was like so. This is like the villain in this movie needed an an utter overhaul. I'm sorry, it it, It didn't work. It was the whole movie. I was looking for Ben Shapiro's comments, and I was like, okay, where did where did Ben? Oh, dude, that was it for sure. And that well, there are two parts, uh, and we'll go back to one. So again, Ben Shapiro did not like the Batman. So I did not know this morning that I kind of would agree with him. Well, technically, <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. It was like, like, it was the most like Hollywood perspective of the way somebody would view firearms. Like, well, clearly a guy talking about guns and also like caliber gauge. It's like, wait, what? Like, what? like you would think if you're an incel planning an attack, you wouldn't be like, what's a bullet? <laughs> Josh. Rifles are good. Rifles are good. Like pro tip, rifles are good. <sighs> Dude, that was so cringy. That was like that was two writers in LA who've never seen a gun in their life being like, what if rifles are good? I'm going to give a I'm going to give a, a a very overall like macro take of this movie for me. And that's that two films came out from DC that I think are unique and special in the past couple of years, besides the Suicide Squad, which is the best the DCEU could possibly have to offer. Agreed. Um, and that is The Batman, the film that we just watched, which started out with giant font across the screen in red that said The Batman, like old 70s cinema. Which was sick. And Joker, which started out with huge yellow yeah. font across the screen. Both films are meant to ape different genres of cinema. Both films are about a mentally tortured young man becoming a sort of anti-hero. Both films portray a Gotham at its brink, rotted to its core. Both films are about different members of Gotham's high society being 
uh, involved in politics and running for office and the scandals in and around that. Both films are concerned with rocketing revelations about the Wayne family. Both films are deeply vested in presenting an extremely dark tone. Joker worked. This did not for me. That is the difference. Um, I like this movie. Yeah, when I you put it, it out like that, I, I think that's a very fair point. I think for me, I'm so swept away by finally feeling like Detective Batman has finally been served. The thing is that I'm not mad and upset about is that I liked all of the elements of it so much that I know the next movie will be great. Yeah, that's the th- I, I completely agree. Like, I... I think in my position, I'm I'm so forgiving of these cringy moments. And the other moment, by the way, the other cringy Ben Shapiro anti moment uh-huh. was where Zoe grabs him. Right, uh, Catwoman grabs him and says, "We got to take down these rich white assholes." I cringe, dude. I was so, like, "Oh my god!" So hard out of my body when she delivered that line. And again, it was so forced. It was so forced. There are worse Batman movies. Right. That don't have any cringe in them. Right. Uh, This one had some cringe in it, which I just wasn't expecting because like, it just looked like it was so classy. Right. From its advertisements. But the dialogue, it was, they were trying to write something so dramatic. They were trying so hard to be relevant, right? Whether it was, You know, and look, I'm not, I don't give a shit about making a commentary about skin color, right? But the commentary about making a white, right? The commentary about incels, the commentary about weaponry, right? Like, it was, it like, was bizarre, man. Yeah. It was like, I it, didn't like it. Right. And you, you know can me, be, like, you can I, be anti gun. Like, I, I don't am, care. I am closer to those sensibilities than you. And right. I did not like it. Right. That's because it was forced. I didn't like it. It was cramming it down your throats. Why, do, why can't we just have like a classic? Gu- All right. Uh, here's a good example, right? The thing that this movie was really close to was Batman Arkham Asylum. and Bat- Oh my gosh, yes. And Batman Arkham City. And let me just... Arkham City to an extent. Well, I mean, quite a lot. The the Iceberg Lounge, the Penguin being a gangster and being rich and affluent. I just think of the Riddler's levels in that and madness. That is the kind of Riddler that we needed <laughs> right, in this right. movie. Right, right. I'm saying it's very different than yeah. that. Yeah. But that is what we actually needed in right. this movie. Like physical puzzles. Like there was a point at which Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be the Riddler. And oh, it would that not have been, been like Paul sick. Dano. Dude, that would have been sick. Um, I'm before that. Oh, man. Chain. Uh, uh, or Candy. I need to see it again. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Because it, look, there's a lot to digest. I will say that from a writing perspective, this movie had a terrible structure. It was not a three-act film. It was like a 12-act film. I can see why IGN loved it. (laughs) Oh, man. That, yeah, I mean, look, I like this movie, man. But if you're giving it a 10 out of 10, you are fucking wrong. No, (laughs) it makes perfect sense. Like, I hate hate sounding like this guy. Yeah, but when you look at major news sources sucks, like IGN, <laughs> all like New York Times, right, whatever it is, right, you can see why they give it a ten ten. Because when they hear we got to go after these rich white assholes, they go, yes. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go too far into that. I know that sometimes that is the case. Sometimes it's not. It's not in these cases, but like, God, but you can see how Ben dude. Shapiro would be there. I'd be like, well, hypothetically, not all people in power <laughs> are actually white. You know, it, right? It, it was cringe content. Right, like that's where the problem is. You see, it's cringe content, and then both extremes get worked up and you're like can i can i just watch a movie where a guy blows things up 
I didn't like how modern certain things were in this movie. I would Such have preferred as... it to be um, a little bit more like Batman the Animated Series in terms of its Art Deco nature. Like there's so, too much cell phone. I would agree. I wish shit. it went in the opposite. I went. It went more beyond. Here's the perfect thing in this movie. There is a moment in the first in the first 20 minutes where I was convinced that this was going to be the nine, 10 out of 10 masterpiece that I expected. Yeah. Where Bruce Wayne has contacts that he puts in. Yeah. That record a very fuzzy and interestingly photographed record of everything that his eyes see. Beats the garbage out of those Joker wannabes. And it, it is a piece of tech that seems retro they don't overkill it like right. think of the sonar from the dark knight oh that gosh. was so fucking stupid the yeah. cgi was terrible on it yeah this was super classy it was like you're getting like film era quality uh right like fisheye lens out of a contact lens it was kind of like mission impossible ish oh yeah good point and it didn't involve like beating you over the head with its modernity it just was what it was and it was super cool it was sci-fi enough to be out there right. but if you were a billionaire, you could believe you could get something like that. This movie needed a lot more of that. Agreed. I, I, well, that's what I, so I kept saying like earlier, like when you, the action, they tried to make the action realistic, but then other parts where it was like, oh, he's wearing a squirrel suit. It's like, no, make it like the cape in Batman, uh, you know, in Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight where he just used like, don't make it the squirrel suit. That, that right? brings me to, yeah. I mean, another thing that bothered me about this movie, which is that Gotham city would finally was a character again. Mm-hmm. His house is finally a Gothic mansion. Yes. But why are we still so concerned with grounding this movie? Absolutely into the dirt. Yeah. It, it like, like you're saying the squirrel suit, it looked fucking stupid, man. <laughs> it did, man. It looked really dumb. And, and I'll tell you something even funnier is that sideshow collectibles just came out with their specs on their toy of, this film's Batman. Please tell me they gave the squirrel suit. The squirrel suit is involved oh. and as one of the variants and they disabled the comments under the photo of the squirrel <laughs> suit. And Josh, like if you see this thing, cause you didn't get to see it in the movie. Like yeah. what we saw in the movie. Oh, it's just, you know, bar- you barely saw it. Yeah. The picture of it, of this figure, when you yeah. get to see it in clear lighting, it is absurd. It's I mean, like it's, inflatable Janko jeans. It, Yes, <laughs> honestly, without seeing it, that's a great estimation of it. Yeah. But the po- the bottom line is, it was um, extremely um, practical, and right. it was very similar to what a real squirrel suit looks like. Right. The problem is, dude, fifteen years ago when fucking Christopher Nolan made those movies, the tech is still cool. Right. They right. were like, oh, Agreed. Lucius Fox, and he was like, oh, this is your Batmobile, and, and right. it was super sick. And like, right. the Batmobile's a literal tank. The tech was really on the back burner in this movie, yeah. and it made me sad. Well, the car, I think that's a great point. So the car was epic. I think the car was really cool. We didn't right. see enough of it. However, woefully underused. Woefully underused, but it makes a great point to what you're saying. That car was clearly from the 70s, right? As far as its body style. Um, actually, I'll be at the auto show tomorrow. Uh, so I can, I'm sure they'll have some weird example there. Right. Point out. <laughs> this Batman car. But, um, you know, they couldn't decide what they were. Are they a realism Navy SEALs bro movie? Or right. are they a noir <laughs> movie set in the late 70s, early 80s? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, the car was very cool. It's just like what you're saying, where it's like, oh, we're now we're doing like he's Charles Bronson. And now we're oh doing like, gosh, yeah. and it's just. And actually, I think as far as action goes, the only scene that worked—the only scene of action that actually worked—was the penguin chase scene. I wanted this movie to be better. 
course you did. Man, you saw that 10 out of 10. It ruined you. I was avoiding it. I was avoiding it. I don't care what IGN gives a movie, dude. They're fucking jokes over dude, there. Dude, you shared even Rotten Tomatoes, man. You were sold. Just because I'm sharing it doesn't mean Just I believe in it. Slob it on the knob. Just sharing it. The point is, um... <sighs> just mistakes were made in this one. Yeah. But, now uh, wait. Now wait. So would I you? Did, I did. Uh, you agree with me as far as the penguin chase scene? It was great, but I saw the whole thing in the trailer. You didn't see the whole thing. I saw eighty percent. Okay, I got to be honest. The part where he revs up in front of the penguin. Amazing. That was sick. Like, dude, that scene was great. Yeah. I like that scene just fine. Just the intimidation. I'm not saying there weren't good things in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did Batman arguably at points in this movie better than he's ever been done. Oh, yeah. The costume, like I said, I agree with you. The costume in this one. The Riddler, dude, was phenomenal. Riddler was trash. (laughs) Penguin, great. Falcone, not great. Why are we why are we aping Heath Ledger? Now wait, was it what was why? the guy's name? Joe Ice, Joe Chill, the guy Joe who murdered. Joe Chill. Yeah. Joe Chill. Sounds like he sells cigarettes on the side. Right. And <laughs> so, also like uh the whole They should have had a Joe Chill. I'm sorry, that bothers me. Like Falcone should have given up Joe Chill. Like the, does that the whole like Bruce Wayne's parents are corrupt. Yeah, that pissed me off thing like and they did explain it in a way that made it seem like it it was justified but it once again you talk about a plot line that could have been deleted you know and the other thing that part bothered oh, me when they said that bruce wayne's mother had mental illness yeah. now, now that opens an interesting door because Uh-oh. because this is a different universe they're man. trying to say his mental illness is bad and you should be ashamed no they're trying to say that bruce wayne that is part of his inheritance from his genetics that his his Insanity is in in a way genetic. Yeah, Martha, which is to make an insinuation about Martha Wayne after what we've all been through. Yeah, dude. To do anything less than portray that woman as a saint. Yeah, right. That was I agree. Is a huge misstep. Like if they if they had portrayed his dad as having some issues because of the campaign trailer, <sighs> because like, but to be like his mom, man. <laughs> She was, she was crazy. And now we got to go there. Yeah. Now we got to talk about the cringiest thing in this whole fucking Uh-oh. movie. Which was the Joker, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. What in the fucking name of God happened that they felt that they needed to do that? Because it's exactly what they did in Batman Beyond. Begins. Begins. Damn it. Begins. And, and okay, I've already told you that I'm being triggered by some of the Nolanisms that were taken on here. And it is almost identical to what they did in Begins. Teasing the Joker in Begins is a mastercraft. The playing card. Because you fucking destroyed the movie you've already made. Yeah. You killed it. You reinvented superhero movies yeah. forever. Right. And at the end of that, you're going to be like, next time around, we're going to do the big shit. We're going to go head to head with essentially overcoming what is widely considered the best portrayal of a Batman villain period, which yeah, is right. Jack Nicholson or one of the best portrayals of superhero villains. You don't general, have the right? casting. You don't know who it's going to be. Dude, What a gamble. You don't hear his voice, right? You're just like, this was found at the crime scene. It's a card. Yeah. It's a playing card. Amazing. I'll look into it. Cut to fucking black. That is how you tease right. a sequel. Commissioner Gordon. To that bad use boy the Joker as a tease, which first of all, six months ago, it was leaked that Barry Keegan. Okay, I was going to say, did you know? Okay. Was playing a cop in this movie. 
the cop's name on IMDb is the alias of one of many of the Joker's origin stories. Yeah, I saw that. So, okay, the entire movie, I'm like, where's Barry Keegan? So, Where is this agreed. fucking guy? Agreed. So it's funny you said it because it's exact. I was waiting, especially at the beginning, when they had those guys wearing the paint face, but what you saw in the trailer is not revealing anything. And those guys come off, you know, Again, who are you any, supposed any to be? Any action scene. Right, any, right, any action scene. Was in the trailer. But There's about four in the whole movie. I was expecting to see a cop that on the side was doing the same thing as the Riddler, right? Right. And they were going to allude to that as, like, that he was finally going to break from his cop ways. Right. And they just show him already in jail. I was like, wait, what? He's never a cop. Right, that's what I'm saying, but... He's never in this movie. Right. No, and no. it got to about an hour and 50 minutes. And I Talk was about like, my assumptions. I was like, clearly someone who is trying to ape David Fincher making a Batman movie is going to have the class and respect and grace not to show us a Joker that we've never met Dude, in, a, in a movie where we are portraying the Riddler as the Joker. Then this character we show is going to have to be even sillier than yeah than this version of the riddler he was theoretically sillier sillier dude this is when like when that scene happened i was like damn i don't know really what i would think about this movie anymore so that was the the final straw it did not excite me i mean that's the thing i guess you know It did not excite me about a scene where a new Joker is making contact with the first live action Riddler since Jim Carrey. And (laughs) all I can do is cringe because Paul Dano at this point of the movie, his performance has gone to, again, when Lex Luthor's in Arkham or whatever in BVS and he's like at max cringe, same vibe where he's just letting it all hang out at this point. Paul Dano's voice, by the way, like, look at Bane, look at Heath Ledger. You can do that imitation in two seconds, oh, right? There's no, no, there's nothing for Paul Dano. Paul Dano is doing all kinds of different voices. Yeah. He had this voice sometimes where he would go like this. And then sometimes he would be like the Joker. He'd be like Heath Ledger. He would right. be like, That's what he was doing when they were in the uh, interrogation. Like, after he found out, you know. Ill-advised, yeah. my man. That's no. not good stuff. If he had stuck with that accent through the whole thing, that what he originally had, what was in the trailers, right? Right. Like, oh, for your yeah. sins. Yeah. You, you know, you would I thought we were going to have this low tone voice, like right. weird. Dude, Paul Dan, like I said, I, I think he sucks in general, but that's a personal opinion, you know. But, but this was. The Joker. I like Paul Dano, and I thought this was yeah, shit, I just, shitty. I don't. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, I thought this was bad. But, you know, the joke at the end, I think you're so right. Like you, whether you talk about Batman Begins or you just talk about. I think we all are partially burned by bad jokers over the past years, right? Whether it's through Gotham then or it's through... why do this to no, us? No, no, I agree. It's what I'm That's saying. The I'm whole exactly point. what I'm saying. Like, in an, in an environment this toxic, which also, there is a world in which they could have shoehorned this into Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, so they shut the door on that with uh, this. I've heard, I, I've heard many ideas about how the, the problem two of those with time. Well, here's the thing: if they had kept it in the '70s, I would be excited. I didn't. So personally, I didn't love the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I didn't love it. I, I think part of it was it was ruined for me because every frat bro decided to put a poster of it on their wall, and I was like, I get it. That you, movie was 
infinitely better than this movie. Oh, oh. Infinitely better than this movie. I see. It's so hard for me because I saw the Joker like a year after it came out, and everyone had their opinions. So I saw it like opening weekend. I expected to dislike it, and was like, "Whole." I should have seen it that way. I should have because the problem was I saw it so late, and I had such high expectations. Oh, I hate hating on this movie. It's causing me extreme stress. Nonetheless, I think, I think if they had kept to a seventies timeline, that would have worked. However. Yeah, I mean, look, even if they gave him his food tray and there was a playing card or there was some guy had scratched in a symbol of the Joker, you know, why or something. Do, why do the Joker at all is what I'm well, saying. Well, they have to. They, I mean, because they're, they're going to make a second film and there's going to be a joke. Because they have to. Why? Man, the studio have, w- Dude, have the end of DC this DC grabbed him by the nuts. Have the end said, of this movie. You're going to do Joker. You, I'll give you two choices for the end of this movie. One of which is... Batman like gets poisoned or something at the end of the movie and a guy shows up to Who cure poisoned him me? and the guy to cure him is Mr. Freeze and it's like Dr. Victor Freeze. That would be sick actually. That would have blown my fucking Damn, mind. Damn, actually that's pretty fire. I-, I could think of these literally all day better than the scene that we got. Um, my other one would be like um, you Killer know, Croc. I'm all about Killer Croc. He's baby. kind of climbed the rungs in terms of figuring out the corruption thing. Uh, see a card with like the Court of Owls logo on it or Ooh, see like a business yeah, card yeah, with the Court yeah, of Owls yeah, logo yeah, on it or find a, a criminal that you beat up in the final scene and he's part of the Court well, of Owls. Could... He finds an owl mask on the guy's front seat. So you bring All up... of this is more exciting than You what bring we up got. a good point. So remember the guy, the guy that was moonlighting for the mobsters, right? For uh, for Falcone. Right. What's his... I don't remember the guy's name because he was so forgettable. Exactly. However, <laughs> the problem with him was... They could have skipped the entire bullshit of Rat with Wings and just uh, grabbed him from... The second he saw a guy and was like, hey, he's a cop, I'm going to grab him when he gets off duty, right? Like, you could have cut out 40 minutes. Right. When the second he did the facial recognition, I was like, that's a cop, I'm going to grab him. Right? But, you know, as you said, there could have been foreshadowing. That guy could have been sitting in jail and you could have had a quarter of owl's business card that he used to get out of jail or something, right? Sure. Right, like you could have, because how the hell is some dude who's like, I'm just a regular cop who works in narcotics, all of a sudden have all the information to bring down an entire organization? It's really stupid. Like, that was the part that bothered me the most. I wanted to say it earlier was, it bothered me the most that this guy, who's supposed to be a nobody, knows every single detail. And it's literally his two-minute explanation that brings the entire story together. And there were things like that I did love in in the meat and bones of this movie, like, for example, like the Iceberg Lounge. Um, Bruce Wayne goes to the Iceberg Lounge. Iceberg Lounge was sweet three times yes. in the movie, and the twins were good every time. The first time he goes, he's Batman. Yeah. The second time he goes, he's, he's Bruce vengeance. Wayne. Right. I hated all of that. Don't get me started about that. <laughs> I knew you the would. amount of times that people called him vengeance was very it upsetting got cringy. for me. It got I cringy. It was like in um, Venom 2 recently where they just kept saying lethal protector. And I was like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to fucking right. happen. It was when Zoe Kravitz said vengeance When she twice. said vengeance, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I, I'm fucking checking out of this fucking. She's like, come on, vengeance. I'm telling you, man. Like, what is go- what was going on in some of this movie? Like, I've. I'm really troubled over this one. This one's really going to haunt me. Well, continue. Iceberg Club. Iceberg Lounge. A lounge, whatever. Shows up the third time um, in stealth. 
That part was sick. And it it's it's in it was just an interesting way of framing certain parts of the movie that made me almost feel like it was a three act movie, but it was yes. like a fifteen act movie. Um, right. I could sit here and spitball so many different teasers that would have been more satisfying. <laughs> You're saying like somebody's in the iceberg lounge he passes or something like that. Dude, like well, what was it? Club 44, 44 Club? What have, was the, have the last scene of this movie because you have this Batman who's so dour and so sad the whole movie. Have him run into a, a hot little redhead chick at some funeral or Ivy some horrible baby. thing and have it be Andrea Beaumont. She Mask gives a flower Fan- or something. No, from out. Mask of the Phantasm. Oh. Set that shit up. But they can't do that story. There's no way they're going to touch it. There's no way they're going to touch it. The thing is, like... It's too difficult. The thing is, for your teaser to be Joker at this point is the most oversaturated... Oh, agreed. ...imaginable. And beyond that, the scene itself was a very Batman Forever Riddler and Two-Face team-up moment where they were, like, where Joker was, like... Riddle me this. He yeah, said it to him. Yeah, that was so like, bad. It was cringe. And, the, and beyond that, biggest issue with this whole thing is you can't see the Joker, but you can see that he has some kind of weird yeah, prosthetic on his face. Yeah, you can see, his, you can see the, like, the, the bumps. The Please know with that whole scene, man. That that killed me. Well, that's why I said. I think you're right. I will agree with you. So first of all, let, let's just be honest. The industrial film complex is not going to allow them to not make a Joker. Right. However, I think even if that were true, the way they went about it was crazy. No, no, agreed. But a thousand better ways. If they we could done think it. of a better situation, there are so many untapped. Like I keep joking about Killer Croc, and I do think Killer Croc would be incredibly difficult to put in a film. I'm that... trying to see Man Bat in my lifetime. <laughs> man that's, Bat. That's been Hell my yeah, goal. dude. Dude, that's been my goal since. But day what's one. The... Well, that's Morbius? Don't you? <laughs> don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare bring Morbius into this. This is Morbius, man. That's going to be Josh and I's next podcast oh, for this. We're going to go see Morbius. Yeah, because Dan Enden will refuse to see it. But uh, it ruin his life to see Oh, Morbius. my gosh. But, you know, I, I agree that, like, the reality is Two-Face. I mean, that's uh, Harvey Dent. It, do, it doesn't get the... I don't the, ever want to see Harvey Dent ever the no, no, fuck no, no. again. What I'm either. saying is, is that it, Two-Face doesn't get the screen time. Because Two-Face is an excellent character as far as Batman characters go, right? Like, Yeah, and Aaron Eckhart did not do that well. No. Uh, thank you for smoking. He did smoking. Harvey Dent well. He did not do too well, well. All he did was thank you for smoking. That's all he, he did, did was have a digital ripped up mummy, yeah. mummy Brendan Which, dude, Fraser you that doesn't age well. If you, if you, so I actually have my it original. It didn't look good when it came out. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, have, I have my original DVD from 2008, and it's, it's, like, they touched it up in the Blu-ray. But let me tell you, man, that they original. They nothing up. Oh, yeah, in the Blu-ray, it got a little better. I'll have to look into that one. It's lighting. It looks I mean, like shit, period. Oh, it's garbage. I mean, regardless, it's garbage, but it's layers of garbage. Um, Anything, man. There were so many choices there that, yeah. that could have been more satisfying. I mean, the motorcycle bothered me, too, because they did nothing cool with it besides put little <sighs> bad ears cool on it. Nothing cool with the fucking motorcycle that had goddamn bad ears on it. And <laughs> and beyond that, too, like... It looked whole... like something some weave anime kid would put on his motorcycle. We haven't even talked about the, the fucking third third act in this movie where there's a disaster with a flood oh like, dude dude so, that whole plot line was really bad so man. here's the thing i don't think that plot line itself could have been bad the baptism they scene with him like leading the people of god oh, that was out terrible of the water, but dude. what i'm saying is if they had put the explosions so how are you saying you like this movie you keep saying oh that's terrible oh that's wow, terrible oh that, get, was well, because, oh that was bad oh that was cringe because i'm for, <laughs> 
How I mean, dude, we're talking about these movies. When we did that first list, yeah. Josh, those were all nines and tens. I'm not and, giving this a nine or a ten. Yeah, I mean. But what I'm saying geez. is, is that so that plot element for me wasn't bad. It should have been done significantly earlier. Like they should have had, they should have had the Riddler arrested fifty percent of the Let way me through. Look at this. Oh, that's pretty. Sick, I own actually. a version of The Dark Knight Rises. It's right next to me with Batman's shattered cow. Well, that's when he shows his face, right? And this yeah. is a movie that people don't like. They're mad at this movie. They hate it. And I think I like this way more. I though. was born in the darkness. I was born in the darkness. I like to do what Dude, I his like to... traps now, in that. Amazing. You know, you know that I, from listening to the podcast, do fantastic impressions. Yeah, right. it's um, perfect. Do that Indian one for but, me. But I, um, <laughs> no, that one's retired. Um, <laughs> But I like to do bad bait impressions, like yeah. on purpose, where you're just like, give me the plans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Oh, but, you know, so um, that all goes back to the pacing of the movie, which you brought up earlier. So the pacing of the movie. I bombed a football game. Dude, that was sick. That was cool. <laughs> Goodbye, Steelers. I hate sports, too. I love sports. Continue. And I hate the Steelers, so I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. I'll hate them with you. Go Birds. Um, he doesn't yeah. even get that. Easily. I am I am into go birds though. Okay, cool word. Uh, Look, I rioted. But so the, the baptism. The only thing that bothered me at the baptism scene was him cutting the power for that light. What was going on in the, <laughs> with that? You know, I turned to you. Yes, that I know. Happened. You were like, "Why did he do that?" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "Josh." What the hell is going on in this movie? Right, like he, he could have just waited until that stopped swinging. Like there were many options. It's sad because Robert Pattinson's jaw is incredible. Now here's the thing: if they had done what they did in Dark Knight Rises, where he cut that, the water gets electrified. You think he's dead, right? And they cut to black, and they bring him back, and then you know, right in the next scene, or everyone's like, "Oh, death of Batman." I thought that's where it was going. Right. And I thought that would have been a better way to do it, right? And then he's like, I'm Batman. You know, but they they didn't. And then he came out, and I was like, oh, that's disappointing. However, I will actually defend the part where he sticks his arm out. Because if you recall, right. that woman and her constituents called him a vigilante and a monster at the beginning of the film. There was a discussion and a theme processing in this film about how vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. And then he realizes at the end of you the film. You won't miss it. No more vengeance, hope. Yeah. That theme was like done somewhat well. Uh, I'm gonna give you my final thoughts here in terms of like where this stands in the pantheon. This okay. is way, 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 way better than anything Zack Snyder ever did with Obviously. the character. This is a huge step into a potential great franchise. Um, agree that. that if they don't immediately ruin the Joker, like everyone seems apt to do, um, that there might be some great stories to tell in this universe. It set up a great universe. It chose to micromanage a very clunky plot and a very minor villain into something that it shouldn't have been. Who who decided on that plot? Do you know? It's it's all Matt Reeves. I think okay. I think Matt Reeves here was this. In my opinion, I was, saying, was, was it the writers? In the my director? opinion, well, he wrote it as well. But it, in my opinion, with somebody else. But in my opinion, it went like this: Matt Reeves was like, "We need to do Detective Batman." That's I, never I really agree. been done. And then instead of then saying, "Let's go 
read Batman Year One and try to kind of yeah. hone in on that mixed with the long form detective work of the Long Halloween, and we'll have the perfect perfect synthesis. Instead, his idea was. What are my favorite detective yeah. movies? And the original oh, murder yeah. was on Halloween. Um, and again, like that theme did not persist at all. I was the so movie. excited when he was killed on Halloween. I was like, and did it matter? <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> whereas in right. the long Halloween, it feels like Halloween. Right. And you're like, holy shit. Well, this the is... whole point is that it's from what? It's from like eight or not eight in the morning, but you know, morning of to night of. It's just like, this is a very thematic. Yeah beautiful Halloween story. Yeah. Whereas this was not. This was just like, it's Halloween, bye. Yeah, right. Um, which is a shame. Though I did like the the spooky, like, looking through the glass and the weird breathing through the Arctic mask. Yeah. It had some, like, giallo horror <sighs> moments. But, um... Yeah, um... I think then what happened was Matt Reeves was like, what are my favorite detective movies? Chinatown. Yeah. And um, that would be good as a Batman story. Something like about corruption, long form, governments tied in. And then he was like, but I got to give it some style because right. everybody's got to have their mark. So I'm going to go David Fincher with well, it. Well, you know what it felt like to me? It was like the Batman version of LA Confidential. Sure. Yeah. And LA Confidential, like any noir, is super long, and you don't right. you don't know who the killer. And Kevin you don't Spacey know. again. Ooh. I just watched in um, our next two podcasts on the episode one or episodes on the podcast. Sorry, one of which is going to be um, Scream. I've watched all of the recent Scream movies, and. No. At least in those movies, they understand that in a mystery, you're not supposed to know who the killer is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas this movie spent three hours like proving very simple things to you as you know who the right. antagonist is. But giving is. you puzzles that you could never solve. Um, oh, my phone's on airplane mode, too. She probably thinks I'm dead. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's um, at that point, uh, he was like, yeah, so Seven meets Chinatown. And, yeah. and, and that is a great idea for a Batman movie. Yeah. And it was its own unique tale. It just lacked, for me, the emotional connection to Batman and Alfred, Batman and his parents, his parents and Batman, Batman in the city. I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm usually not pro flashbacks, but there should have been some flashbacks. That's what I've been saying this whole time, which is like, great. Uh, you know, you managed to get out of not doing an origin story, but yeah. now you kind of went the way of like Amazing Spider-Man One. Yeah, at least give like like the sound of a gunshot and like a hand hitting the ground. Right. I don't want that. I don't want to see the murder anymore. I could have just lived with a couple moments of them happy with Alfred. Right, just and then maybe a like a, a funeral something. scene or something like I that. I had absolutely no connection, and let me tell you something. All these Marvel fans. Yeah. Here's my final thought, okay, really, final about thought. the movie, which is that. The world is populated with Marvel fans and it's populated with people who see superhero movies because they relate to the characters and they find them compelling emotionally. And a lot of those people don't know anything about what Batman truly is or could be right. or is in Mask of the Phantasm and all of the best Batman works. And they're going to see this movie and be like, what? And then yeah. I think that this movie is going to sink like a stone box office wise from week to week oh great because i really don't see people running to their friends and being like you absolutely need to go see this all right my marvel fans now. hate it 
Every single one of my friends that's a Marvel fanatic hates it so far. I love Marvel. I did not hate this movie because Batman is my number fucking one dog. I will ride with Batman no matter what the occasion is. Even little battier bicycles. I would trade all of the Marvel MCU just to have even all of the Batman movies, even the bad ones, in existence. Be excellent. Batman means more to me. I should have done this up front, but Batman is my number one superhero fictional oh, character. I completely agree. By with a that. trillionth fucking degree. He means absolutely everything to me in terms of characters in these kinds of movies and and it is for those reasons that I found this movie a little bit flawed. Absolutely. All right, so your score. You gotta go for oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, please. So even though I've been extremely critical, extremely mm-hmm. um I adored the art style. Same. Absolutely adored it. Like I huge with you on that. Yeah, and I and look, I'll be the first to admit that uh, I'm sure people in the zone have noticed. Um, when I like an art style or I think they've nailed an aesthetic, whether it's costume design, whatever it is, I'm extremely forgiving. Uh, credit to the last duel. Um, for that being said, because of that, I I think I'm going to land at a seven point two five. Wow. If it was not for the deep, deep love I have for the art style, I think I would go down to a seven or below. Oh, if this movie was designed poorly, <laughs> dude, don't even and was photographed poorly. Oh yeah, I, the, I, I would. Dude. If this movie was made with any less craftsmanship yeah. or acting chops than it was. My God, I would be upset. That right lighting, now. especially at night when like the car chase scene or when they were having meetings was You know what though? Phenomenal. I'm actually gonna do a little interjection though, okay. because like, yes, I agree, but then there was a lot of the movie that was just dark. And and we saw it on a digital IMAX screen. So I'm forgiving because I also enjoyed the lighting in solo. That is some of the worst lighting I know. in modern, I like in modern darkness. movie history. Blue and red, please. I I'm massively disappointed by this film. I knew you would be. I don't know why you think you knew I would be. No, no. I'm saying based on the reactions in the theater. When I was sitting next to you. Yeah, I mean, I was laughing. I heard you laugh and groan. I should not be laughing in a Batman film. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to end well. And look, I'm going to own this movie. I'm going to rewatch it. Absolutely. But (sighs) I'm going to come over and let your dog pee on me while we uh, watch this. I'm going to say that. Two films have broken my heart this year. Damn. And that is Spider-Man 3. Oh, that's easy. Well, not for most fans out there. Everybody thinks yeah. it's the greatest I'm not a Marvel guy, ever. so I just went and was like, eh. Um, because with that film, I felt like if you were to take out all of the cameos and previous villains, that the actual storytelling going on was almost non-existent. It's just a whole movie of people reacting to what other people are doing. And this, I mean, this, this, I couldn't see a world that this wasn't a nine or a 10 for me. Wow. I couldn't picture See, that's your problem. And that's the hubris. Yeah. That's the fucking hubris that I have been scalded for by Dan Enden so many times. Right. That's the problem. Oh, that I have hope? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What a crime. Join the rest of us. It's just. Life is meaningless. The sun's going to explode. I know, and I watch something like this, and I'm like, it just feels like a retread of 
A lot of things. It's like, yes, this was cool. It was a Batman story like Seven. Okay, but, but here's the question. You ever see Seven? Can you enjoy it? Can you enjoy it? I enjoyed parts of it. Okay. It's just like, man. Are it, those it, parts enough where you can sit there and enjoy it? Yeah. I, for me, it is. And that makes it a 7.25. Look, for me, it is in the sense that it's my favorite fictional character of all time, and I will watch him read the phone book. I've watched Justice League like four times. Oh, that's no, that's a no go. So I like, didn't even. I refused to watch the Snyder Cut. I was. Oh, like, that's Whoa. an interesting experiment. I recommend that. Ugh. Snyder Cut is like, want to watch a guy lose his mind? <laughs> <laughs> that I, dude, I actually like. The sad thing is, Dan Endon tried to watch Snyder Cut. He made like like twenty minutes into it and lies to me and tells me that he watched like two hours of it <laughs> yeah, or whatever. There's no way. And um, the funny thing is, I wish he finished it because like that would have been a good one to do a pod. Nah, he got up, he finished a bowl outside, and then he gave up. That one like... was literally like hell on earth for me for sure. <laughs> um, All right, get to it. Yeah. Okay. Own up. Score. So you gave this a seven point two five. Seven point two five. I have to do the same thing. Okay. Okay. I'm proud yeah, of you. I have to do the same thing. I mean, I know it's no lower less, than no you'd more. like. If this character, right? Yeah. If this movie was not about Batman and like this was like a new franchise called like Squirrel Person, <laughs> I would have hated this movie. I see. That's the thing. I still would have liked it. The fact that it looked like Batman more than anything's looked like Batman mm, in, point, in 10 plus years, that was enough to sell me. Imagine any other aesthetic. And it would have been like, oof, this is yeah, kind of like, put, if you what put is that this movie? movie? Like, let's say you change everything, right? And you put like an actor like Will Smith in and it's, you know, Boston, right? And you just completely change every setting. You'd be like, okay, it's a terrorist. Got it. Paul Dano. Oh, my gosh. Him and Don Cheadle are banned Don from Cheadle. this podcast. The robot's black. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I saw that sample. <laughs> The robot's black. I'm not doing that accent. Um, I'll do it all day. I told Dan Endon, he's trying to censor my ass. I don't know if you've been listening to this. Oh, season. I have. Yeah. He's like bitching out more and more, and that I'm like woke doubling down. Lefty. He is like on this podcast. He's like trying to portray himself as something else, and it's it's just not working. I mean, so I'm here to present Fox News to you guys and Tucker Carlson. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh gosh. That. Oh no. All right. Well. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish that I liked this movie so much more than I did. Yeah, I mean, 7.25 for me is good, but I agree with you that if we look at the, the, uh, Christian Bale Batman and compare... That is what makes this so hard to rate. That's exactly right. Like, if, yeah, if you're comparing it to the 90s Batmans, especially the George Clooney, you'd be yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is a masterpiece, right? But if you compare it to, like the past 10 DC animated Batman movies oh, even, yeah. or Justice League uh, animated movies. However, once you get to Beyond it's, and, you know, I'll, Man, I'll, Mask I'll, I'll say this, man. It's one of the best portrayals of Batman I've ever seen and I loved Robert Pattinson. Right, I agree. He I was fucking agree. fantastic. But there was such Give cringy me writing, such bad pacing. Yeah. I think, though, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of films that we can all look at and you can look at trilogies of them and they become better once there's sequels. Yeah, uh, and if now, I, but it's a key part. I and I think this movie could go down for me if the sequel doesn't absolutely, I mean, destroy it to the point where you're like Heath Ledger's Joker. That was good, right? right? If it doesn't do that, 
I think this movie could go down to a seven or a six point five. The last Dune movie in cinemas that I saw on IMAX, that was like the last big movie moment for me. Oh, dude. And I felt watching that movie that I was transported into a different fucking universe. I mean And this are you going to compare those two directors, though? Villanueva versus Reese? I mean, that's no, like... <laughs> not, at, not at all. But what I'm saying is, like, the last two times I ran at full speed to an IMAX showing yeah. were those two. And I left Dune being like, I just coomed, like, <laughs> 11,000 times. Yeah. And I left this movie being, like, fun, but... Yeah, right. Also, they didn't film any of it in IMAX. But let's be real. Dune is a literal masterpiece. What, Villeneuve's dude? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, but I know a lot of people would be Oh, I don't give a shit what people say. I mean, I think it's a masterpiece. I think Dan Enden watched maybe 40 minutes of it. Yeah, well, if Dan Enden's not watching some experimental art house film, then, like, you know. (laughs) Dune was. These are two Japanese women killing each other while they masturbate. Like, I'm sorry that I'm not watching that, Dan. The ultimate letdown is just that after all this cringe with Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder. You still get more cringe? No, that, yeah, that I still get more cringe, but also that, like, man, they could have really lobbed it over the plate with this one, and they just oh, yeah. chose not to. I mean, they were, the reality is they could have made another Christian Bale-esque one. Yeah. Like, just formulate. That's kind of all I wanted. Right. Well, that's, what, that's the thing. So it's funny just you say Just open up the universe that's again, That's what man. most people want. Don't make a seven knockoff. Like, that's so ill-advised. Like, just make a solid Batman I movie. I give credit to them for trying. Yeah, I mean, it was a flex, but <laughs> how many times am I going to rewatch that compared to how many times I rewatched the Christopher Nolan? Oh movies? no, yeah, absolutely. Like not. when you leave tonight, I am going to watch probably a Christopher Nolan um, Batman movie to just make myself feel okay again. First of all, uh, there's a good chance of that I, I probably will watch one tomorrow. Yeah, I mean for sure. Um, but then as a palate cleanser, I remember how bad and how much I hate Christopher Nolan by putting on either Tenet or Dunkirk. So I was I was having almost a panic attack in this movie because I realized there was a point at which I was like, "This is not a nine for you." I was like, "This is not a nine, dude." <laughs> dude, I it can't was... believe I honestly can't believe it. It was. I thought that this was going to be, um, yeah, just a little tighter. It was. So it, it was got, loose butthole. It got it got up to the point where. It was like the third murder for me, where I realized, like, it's not there, big guy. <laughs> That's right. when when it, it got to it got to whatever the, Dusty Siegel or whatever the bullshit was. Every like, time Rat they showed more of the Riddler, I was like, yes, not not on board with where we're I was at a nine. I was yeah. at a, I was at a nine until the actually I was at a nine until they did the drops thing. And they were like, I hate drop heads. And I was like. I mean, they seem pretty. Oh chill. my god, dude! And what even was with that? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I mean, they seem pretty chill. They're let, not bothering anyone. Let me so, do I one, mean... one more thing too. Like infraction-wise, against this movie and the way that they portrayed the Riddler is like they went out of their way to portray the Riddler and Batman as um, yin and yang. Yeah, that they were born and meant and destined for one another. Even down to the fact that in this film, Batman reads out of his diaries that he essentially keeps. Yeah. Um, and then later is investigating the diaries of the Riddler. Yeah. And that the two of them are obsessive in the same ways. And so many times it's pointed out that is a dichotomy that is reserved for the Joker. 
Agreed. Agreed. So what is the Joker in this universe? What is his angle going to be now that the first villain in this universe was the fucking Joker? Yeah. I'm sick of any movie, being DC, MCU, anything, being the fucking Joker. I agree. Enough anarchy, enough master plan, terrorism. Like... Again, well, I would even take anarchy, but get rid of the master plan. The scene in this movie where they did the, um, oh, here, uh, uh, the news clip, like, oh, the, be careful. This is going to be some parental, dark, mature content. Like, yeah. avert your eyes. And it was like, it was like the exact same shaky cam yeah. shit as Heath Ledger's Joker. I was like, how could you possibly do this? Yeah. Like, wh- are you're crossing into almost like parody levels of aping this property it's just like well but you know just avoid everything that has to do with christopher nolan and guess what there's still a thousand million things in the batman universe that christopher nolan never got to you know so to retread anything that he did the joker anything you don't need any of that well you know what made christopher nolan's good though and this goes back to my drophead comments is that we never knew what the crimes they were committing were right like, and I know this is way off a tangent, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, they even bring up drugs, and he's like, spice is killing our people. You know, right? Like, And they talk about, they talk about drops, 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 right? Because they can't say coke. Yeah, or, there's you this know. fake drug in this movie, right. eye drops, and then it never coalesces into anything. Well, right. and, and they it's, mention I mean, it Do you remember Judge Dredd? Slow-mo. That's what I kept thinking of, slow-mo. Right, that's what I was kept thinking of, slow-mo. Which, first of all, once again, I'm back to him, like, slow-mo sounds pretty sick. So, I mean... What a weird movie. Right, like, that's where I kept being bothered. I was like, you don't even need to talk about a drug. And I get it. Like, probably someone pulled you aside and was like, hey, children are going to watch this movie, you know, right? Like, you need to let them know drugs are bad, right? Like It was bizarre. Once again, it's a Batman movie, so you know, there was a kid behind us who had to be, like, what, eight? And an eight-year-old's uh, got. Uh, are you kidding me? The kid behind us was like five and a half. Right. So it's got. They gotta have dare, right? You know. And then once again, they're gonna hit thirty, and then they're gonna realize that Batman's gonna beat the hell out of them for smoking a joint on the subway. So <laughs> since this is a main episode of the podcast, oh god, um, I'm putting my score seven point two five under my name, um, and Josh has the same exact score. So instead of putting his score in Endon's thing... Which would upset him. If he ever watches the film, I will fill in his score. I think that's fair. Um, And I think he should watch it, but we'll see if that ends up happening. But if he wants himself to have a score on the board for this one, he can give it a spin and let us know. If baseball season starts, there's no way he's watching this. I thought that was getting canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping it was getting canceled. Just for his misery. Yeah, right. You can't watch the Mets suck. Anyway, Dan, if you're still listening to this, that means you've ruined the entire movie for yourself anyway (laughs) and completely tainted. That might motivate him to watch it, though. Maybe. Maybe to try to think it was good, but he wouldn't. He's going to come back and be like, that was the greatest piece of cinema I've ever seen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need to bring it to a close. This is probably the longest episode ever. It's two and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. Um, And... um, I will, uh, like I said, one of my favorite portrayals of Batman ever on screen, but a complete mess. (laughs) I'm now noticing on here that I forgot that you guys both gave duets 10 out of 10. It is one of the best movies (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Utter lunacy, that one. So not a good duets, but we'll we'll get there. Um, 
Yeah, we're going to do uh, next, we're going to do Scream, and then um, we're going to do uh, this movie, Spanking the Monkey, that Dan has been insisting we do forever about a guy who wants to fuck his mom. So we're going to head head in that direction. Have you listened to the Dear Evan Hansen episode? Dear Evan Hansen? I think I did. I can't remember now, You though. think you did? I can't remember. I don't remember. think you could listen to a two-hour podcast about a very specific niche film and I mean, not I remember I listen it. to you guys while I drive, so I'm not going <laughs> to... Not gonna pretend like I'm paying attention. All right, well, um, everyone, go listen to that episode because I think it's a special one. And um, other than that, uh, any final thoughts on the Batman, Josh? Um, I think you're all haters if you don't love Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I agree with that. And I th- would hope that the next movie is given a couple more script passes. Yeah, tighten it up. Go watch Good Times. Now they're doing a spinoff series with Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Wait, are they actually? As well as a show called Gotham PD. About, no, they're not. Yeah, all You're in the lying. same universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that breaks my heart. That's worse. Okay. That's been planned since the get-go. Oh, damn. I could watch Colin Farrell do that for a little bit more. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Hey! Uh, but, God. I, I, for, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, you know, I hope this movie makes a lot of money. I hope people enjoy it. I hope people revere it. It's just uh, for me, at this point in my life, still, still Nolan uh, Batman movies, and and I hate to be that guy because before I saw this movie, I would have punched that guy, and now it's like um, I've seen it, and you know what? You were it, literally texting about that before he came to yeah, the theater. And maybe if this movie didn't try so many times to be the Nolan Batman movies, I would be more interested in giving it its its flowers in terms of being unique. But yeah. this movie felt pulled by many different worlds and it felt like it had to be many different things and on top of that be this new independently insane noir seven knockoff that you know don't knock off seven seven's a perfect movie don't do that don't knock off chinatown now if they cut chinatown zoe is Kravitz, perfect <laughs> they cut zoe kravitz head off like la confidential is great but like you know you're in for a long form detective oh, yeah. story this was like, I knew I was in for a long form detective story, but it wasn't much of a, like, there's not much to detect. Yeah. <laughs> the riddles were dumb, like, <laughs> and annoying. And like, honestly, go rewatch Batman Forever. The riddles are better in that movie than they were. Jim Carrey? No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Riddler. Oh. The riddles themselves were like a little more creative. Like the riddles in this movie. There was a point, dude, that Christopher Nolan was going to make a Riddler uh, Batman movie with Leonardo DiCaprio as a very smart Riddler. That would be amazing. And, and think about the way that that man's mind works in terms of plot trappings and stuff like that. Yeah. He would have crafted the Riddler to be exactly what it's supposed to be. Smart, sophisticated, right. uber genius. Not like sniveling, insane pervert. Well, and, right. I think of Ms. York Candy. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going around in circles, but um, right. zero out of ten. Yeah, right. All right, 7.52 out of 10. All right. Uh, Dan said that we're not supposed to say baby. I was literally about to say baby. I I kind of sensed that we were heading in that direction. I was like, I was literally revving myself up. I just want to let you know that we're not going to do that. And this episode, I don't know how to end it. I don't know. How does one end a podcast without saying baby? I don't uh, know. Adult. Baby. Baby. <laughs>